0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Podcorn in a Movie, a podcast where we go into different themes, genres, and other categories, or whatever fits into a nice box. Today we are starting our new mini-series we are titling Nostalgic November, and today we are covering Richard Donner's 1992 film starring young Elijah Wood and Joseph Mazzello, as well as narrated by Tom Hanks, it is Radio Flyer. I'm your host Chase Lano, joined by my other co-hosts.
1: David Gio
2: and Stephen Dillard.
0: Now, we, we decided to do Nostalgic November because, you know, we all, we, we really had a good time last year with uh, No Human November. And we thought it would be nice to kind of go back to movies we haven't seen since we've been kids. So none of us have seen some of these movies. Uh, today's movie was chosen by Stephen Dillard. So Steve has knocked us out. Why did you choose this movie?
2: Um well it definitely fit the, the criteria. Uh movie I have not seen since I wanna, I don't I want to say I was like 13 or 14 I think the last time I saw this flick. Um and uh I guess growing up with an older brother I can't relate to this movie as far as the subject matter goes. I I grew up uh with two wonderful parents. I did not grow up in an abusive household. Um however, I I really like the bond here between the Joseph Mazzello and Elijah Wood and that I grew up with two older brothers and the relationship in this movie, I think further replicates my relationship with my middle brother. Cause we were closer in age than me and my older brother. Okay. But yeah, uh, this is one I was excited to to watch again. And it's a movie I think about every now and then. Uh, and surprisingly, I remembered a lot of it as I was watching it. Uh, but yeah, um, it definitely uh, shook some things loose in myself um i thought it was a, i thought it was a fun rewatch but yeah uh i, I was uh, i was hoping to get to get that same feeling i got when i when i was a kid there's just this childlike wonder and this this imagination and this escapism uh i love that I, I, uh and i think this movie
1: uh incorporates those themes so yeah wanted to tackle it
0: and dave you said you watched it before but
1: you so, it was remember? always, like, I definitely didn't see this when I was a kid. Kid, maybe, like, yeah. around Steve's age, probably, like, 12. And then throughout my early teens, it was a movie that, like, I definitely caught the ending first. And I was like, what the fuck is this movie? Like, as a kid, I had no idea. And then, like, bit by bit, I would catch more and more of the movie. To the point where I also knew this movie, like, much better than I expected, um but I hadn't ever watched it start to finish and like like I said to you guys earlier the beginning I had never even seen like all the black and white bits um and I had never seen Tom Hanks in the beginning I thought he was just like an end of the movie cameo my whole life um so like I didn't know it had that whole intro into telling the story um which definitely made more sense It was a movie that as a kid, I remember thinking like, I got to watch this whole thing to make more sense of it. And, and never did kind of make more sense to me, I feel (laughs) like, or it did in the, in the sense, cause it's a movie that whether child or teenage, young teenage me understood it. Um, it stuck with me enough to the point where like Steve and I had a conversation about it three years ago and we're like, huh, that movie's kind of really fucked up and dark, and like we were talking about the ending and like jokingly saying like did that movie end with a brother pushing his brother off a cliff like <laughs> and murdering him yeah yeah, yeah murdering um, his brother but uh yeah um and also i i i do want to point out i feel like this movie it like treads on things that i like have been weary of with this podcast in terms of like Dealing with very very sensitive topics for us dum dums to be talking about, but uh, I you know I like Steve. I'd, you know I had a very g- great childhood and and can't relate on so many levels of this movie, but do relate on the brother stuff. Um, I my brother and I were only two years apart, like these characters, and uh, I, I think he remembers this movie too. Like I think we both would watch it together if we ever caught it
0: yeah I've never even heard of this movie before. like this was my first viewing of it. Um, definitely I don't know I, my weird question is I don't know who this was marketed to because I feel like it was like definitely a kid movie to show in like imagination and like how young it is and how nice it is to be a kid. but this movie is extremely dark and kind I of think disturbing. It was how
1: nice it is to be a kid. This.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, it, it just seems like, I I think the adventures they go on throughout this entire movie is like, it, it kind of felt like Spielberg meets. Ish. yeah. I yeah, agree, some parts to me felt like. It, it definitely felt like you were trying to get lost in like the imagination of a kid. Absolutely. Like it, it feels like stuff.
1: this should have been like an Amblin film. Uh, it wasn't, but um. A fun little background fact, but Richard Donner did Goonies, which was a Spielberg production. Um, and so they were, I don't know if they got close through that, but Spielberg would visit the set of this movie. And if you can imagine who he met on the set, it was like, huh, it'll be in one of my pictures called Jurassic Park. Wouldn't, um, it wouldn't say. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that is cool. That movie did give us, or this movie did give us, uh, that, but you bring up an excellent point. Um, we, as we, uh, also were discussing Steve and I, this movie wasn't received critically well and it was also a flop, uh, commercially. And it's exactly what you just said. It's who is this marketed towards? Um, and I, just to get it up front, that's my entire gripe with this whole movie. Uh, I think it's one of those movies. I talk about this in the past that I would rather have just locked away as like a memory than have revisited it because I don't, it didn't sit well with me this time.
0: Mm. Do you find it really dark and disturbing?
1: Yeah, dark, disturbing, but not the right levels of either. You know, like there wasn't enough fantasy for it to be a child escapism movie. And it was like way too dark on the other end to be like, an adult drama like the mix didn't I didn't think it blended well at all to be honest
0: I think they just I, 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 as a person who just watched it uh-huh. I think that I think that they both tried to make a balance but the hardest part is they were using very very kind of dark and hard topics to kind of yeah. get around mm. and I feel like they they did their best with trying to show the like enjoyment of being a kid, but yeah. especially with these kids, it, like even Bobby. Bobby, he had the worst childhood ever. I mean, like yeah. most of his life, he was getting beaten all the time, and I, I, it just seems like that kind of is taken away a little bit from it. So I can understand how the balance wasn't really there. Yeah, but they tried, and I I can I can appreciate how much they tried to go for something different.
1: It's definitely a uh, I don't know what you call it, like a enigma of a movie, or like it's something an anom- else, an anomaly. Yeah, like you're not. It's there's really nothing like close to this, like because it's like if you're gonna go like. Harder, darker, sort of like that's Stand By Me, even though Stand By Me is not even as dark as this movie at points, but uh, like that's an R rated movie filled with kids, and then it's like on the other end of the spectrum, I think we have like The Sandlot, you know, like so much lighthearted, more lighthearted, and like whimsical, and this movie's like in between that, and there's not too many movies I can think of that are like this that like i i just don't know where it falls and it's like weird because i wouldn't show this to kids <laughs> i i wouldn't either and i don't i don't i don't think it's a
2: kids movie but i do think if this movie came out today and it had a24 attached to it oh, people, and it was it. and the plot was get with is exactly the same and they made it maybe R, it would probably be a hit And I think Ah, that the, I don't think so. I, I, I think that the way this film was that from what I've been reading, it is, it's the big gripe among users on, on different platforms is the same thing you just said is that it's a, it's kind of a, uh, it's hard to feel the movie out. Uh, I, I'm glad we're talking about this movie because I feel the complete opposite for me. This movie works. Like I like the realism and like the sadness and just like the like groundedness of it, because I don't know, like this is my hope and it's like, I didn't experience this, but like, uh, you know, I read comments that that touched me where, where someone said this movie helped me through my trauma in my life. And like this movie was like a comfort blanket for me. And it's like, I can't speak on that. Cause I didn't go yeah. through that. But like, I do appreciate that this movie did help people out there and that there's people that can look at this movie and be like, well, you know what? It's like that movie is hard to watch, but so was my life growing up. And it's yeah. like, that's I think that that that's why this movie works for me is because it's not a kid's movie, but it's not all the way an adult movie. It is kind of an in between. Like I'd probably show this, if I had a son, I'd show it to him when he was 13 years old. And I'd be like, this is kind of the grounded reality of what, like, you're not going through this, but people around you might be. And yeah, it's, 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 it's like, it's, what is even the message I, at the I, end? You I, know, I, like, that's a, know, very I, comp- well, it's a very confusing I, message. I like, think, do you know what it and is? Me- sure, sure, it is. But I, 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 I'm I not disagreeing with you guys. I'm just like, for me, I I as far as just the way it, the, like it made you guys feel opposed to me, I did, I did feel it, and I didn't mm. get it. I don't know, like... I I get that there's, I understand like anybody's gripes against it, but um, yeah, this is a weird movie, but um, I don't know for me tonight, it definitely shook something loose at me where I was like, I, um, I think that the acting is phenomenal by like two children actors that were like as young as they were asked to do what they were doing and maybe not even fully understanding, like. I don't know if Elijah Wood and Joseph Mazzello completely understood what kind of movie they were making. I was thinking they were that exact that. same
1: thing. Yeah. And
2: I just think that both of them, um, Joseph Mazzella is more of an, um, I'll have to dig in deep of why he didn't go on to, I know he still does stuff, but um, I think that he rightfully so got the f- job for Jurassic Park after this. And Elijah Wood rightfully so got a lot of work after this, because this is a showcase of two children actors just uh crushing it crushing it
1: yeah they they are that's like a total saving grace of this movie is how good they are
2: and their chemistry is um i it's believable to me that they're brothers absolutely uh, that they're playing like uh, um yeah it just works there also I i did think their mom um looked like a combination of the two of them put together i thought that a couple times where i was like that's a they did a they did get a good job casting the mom because I felt I, like when they, whenever they were at the table together, I'm like, Oh, she's got like strawberry like hair, but she kind of has the same eyes as Elijah Wood, So she kind of looks like a mix between the two. But
1: anyway, I love I, the mom. Lorraine Bracco is, uh, is a, it's legend. Uh, she's Tony Sopranos therapist. Yeah, that's right. I remember. And, that. and Henry Hill's wife and the good fellas. But, uh, I don't know. I, I think that's like definitely the great parts of this movie. Um, is the acting is the kids are phenomenal. And I love that they're two legends. Like Joseph Mazzello is like one of those weird actors that, uh, hasn't popped up a lot since having like, you know, a huge child career. But some of my favorite things of all times, like he is in like social network is, you know, easily one of my favorite movies of all times. The Pacific, the TV show miniseries is amazing. Uh, he's unjustified. Like he just he pops up in a lot of things that I love, um, and he has a good kid career. Like this movie, Jurassic Park. Uh, Star
2: Kid. He was it Star yeah, Kid? Was Ri- the one
1: River Wild? Is a movie I brought up a little while ago. But um, yeah, I think those I, I really enjoy watching them. But uh, I don't know. It's a weird thing that I said to you guys actually not that long ago about like kids movies to me the issue with them is i don't really like kid protagonists unless they're kid protagonists in an adult movie and this felt like the opposite of that it was like kid protagonist in a kid movie but it is an adult movie and i think that is the point of the movie for sure um but uh, i don't know well, do I,
0: I think it's it okay so i sitting down today I think the writing of this movie is actually pretty clever, but it's too clever that I don't think most people understand. So, like, I feel like the main point that Tom Hanks is pretty much telling these kids is like the importance of a promise and what a promise can lead to. And yeah. it's like everyone in this movie, at least character wise, for the backstory, they all make promises to each other at one point. And like the ones that are important to really learn is like the mom promises everything's gonna change, everything's gonna be good. He's out of the house forever. Breaks the promise, breaks another mm-hmm. promise, thinking that he won't hurt you again, he won't hit you, he won't do anything. Yeah, he's also breaking the
1: promise to her. Exactly. Yeah, he's not, yeah that's uh, why And my then the only my promise you promised the only promise like, he keeps drinking is drinking to again.
0: help Bobby. Not tell My his dad mom. promises he
2: won't leave him, and he does. And then that's when Bobby gets beat. Uh, so it's like it's showing the, the
0: importance of a promise, which I do like. The only thing I don't like about that, though, is why is Tom Hanks pretty much telling young kids these a exact A crazy stories? fucking
1: story. Like, that's – I don't know. It's like that's a very inappropriate story to be telling kids that ends with, like, so fantastical. And also him saying, like, do you understand and- – and it's just like the, I, I don't know. I I, I get just,
2: that. I get that. It does open with. It's, it's just confusing. not a healthy way to deal with. It's Obama not a healthy as an way, adult, it's a, and it's not. But like did did Elijah on your
1: kids too? Did like. Elijah
2: Wood, Tom Hanks, same character? Did he have a healthy upbringing? No. Probably not. So it's like I don't know if he knew. And I'm just trying to get into the mind of the character because I agree it's weird. But he does say at the beginning of the movie, he says. Uh, do you guys really want to know what happened to your uncle Bobby? Since you're always asking about him, so yeah. I'm sure they were told these stories. Like, and it's like you're right. He found a really yeah, twisted
1: way to tell still them. Get postcards from him. Yeah, but yeah. But
2: it's like it's crazy. It's, yeah,
1: it is. It is. Is he ever gonna come visit? <laughs> like maybe, maybe no. someday. Just maybe look someday. up in the sky yeah. for a flying ra- radio fire wagon <laughs> or a r- flying radio,
2: like um. Wow. But I think it's it's equally as hard for him to talk about it, I guess, and not the fantastical sense. And that's why he says, uh, you know, like uh, understand the difference. uh, So it's
1: storytelling. I did read some interesting takes on this movie uh, that I, I feel like the movie is ambiguous, Mm -hmm. um, but some of these takes are actually like make the movie better. The first take is that is, is what you think, is that King killed uh, Bobby. Bobby. And that's that, like, and I think that's, like, a really complicated ending, like, because it, it just makes it just makes everything like, more fucked up. Like, he still stays with his mom, even though she let this child beat her and now kill her, like, into the house, and it's just, like, He should probably be taken away from his mom, but instead, he's living a life where presumably she's writing postcards. From because what did he have some mental snap at that moment where he's just like, Bobby's in the radio flyer, Bobby's at the radio, which could have happened. And now I think that there's something to suggest. I'm coping with it, I'm sending him the letters. Uh, there's this wasn't even brought up in anything I read, but the other option is that he might have pushed his brother off a cliff. Okay. Um, So to suggest,
2: go ahead, keep going.
1: I was going to say the really interesting ones. There's also the one that someone's like, well, it could be magic, you know, like, which is like, all right, (laughs) whatever. But uh, the other really two interesting ones is that Bobby doesn't exist. Uh And Bobby was the version of Mikey that was getting beaten. And he was putting that into a separate, entity and then like he you know flew away which i think is a really really
0: i don't hate that one i actually really like that
1: um and then the other is just the opposite of that is that he created his big brother to help him like send him on his way and like you know like spiritually that that was like how he got away you know like even though he still is the younger brother and he never had a big brother but uh i do think those are really really interesting like you could deep dive into those takes into it and it makes a lot of the movie more interesting but i just don't think that's what the movie is um something that i
2: noticed this time is the perception of the rock that elijah wood mikey is standing on when his mom finds him and throughout uh-huh. the entire movie, when they're looking out on that rock, it looks like they're up so high. But then when his mom comes, you see him and he's standing maybe 10 feet above her. And it's like, it gives you a perception. Like, was this, was oh, this I hill? not? Yeah. Yeah, I did. And I was like, was this hill even that big? Like, yeah. was this even feasible? Um, and I do think this movie intentionally or not, um, and, I mean, Dave, you seem to think that not, but accidentally, maybe Richard Donner layered this movie. There are, there are things you can, you can, because I've heard the theory that uh, Joseph Mazzello's Bobby didn't exist. Like he wasn't Uh even, and that, that was a way of Mikey coping with it. Um, And then the loss of Joseph Mazzello was him moving on or maybe becoming at an age where he was old enough to start fighting back because
1: we're told that. Which is another thing that is, he's told that never comes around which just makes the movie sadder <laughs> and harder mm-hmm. like he never does fight back for his brother and his brother gets beaten to death
0: yeah that's even so- well
2: presumably so this, this is-, is another theory i had though and this one's super dark too um is that okay cuz i've heard you know he we, he could have been killed by king we're we're jumping way to the end already but uh he could have been killed by king uh, what if the radio flyer did work for a brief amount of time, and then he just kind of f- crashed somewhere, and they never found him? And I'm like, that's sad to think about too, because uh, when Elijah Woods looking up, this is also sad. I'm just thinking about it. Uh, when he points out to his mom, he's like, "Look,
1: look, there's nothing there." there. There's like, nothing yeah. there. Um, so I don't know. It's it's which it's, is just uh, terrifying for like. That's what I also don't get, because, like, you're watching this movie, and it's like, why not just have the mom see it if he's telling this fantasy story, you know? Like, they both saw him flying away, and I know a part of it is, like, this is that that sweet spot before 13, which is, like, I could argue with that, like, imagination-wise, but, like,
2: yeah, that's why
1: saying. he's able to fly away, but... And she doesn't see him, but it's also like, well, why not just she sees him so that because in that perspective, through that story, he's like pointing in the sky when he's like, there he is. And and then from her perspective, she's saying, where's my other child? Like, what are you trying to tell me right now? Like that, like, it would be even scarier if he was like, you know, like I flew off into the sky in a wagon we made like
0: and he's never coming back. Like, ever.
1: Yeah. It's just, like, the, that's where the two tones of this movie meet, and I'm like, I don't, I just don't, it didn't.
0: It's weird. I couldn't, I, when, I couldn't wrap
1: my head around it this time.
0: You were saying, Steve, that this movie's very layered, and I would 100% agree with that. I feel like, weirdly enough, this movie is two movies mixed into one. It like, might
2: be a little, and it might get messy at times, um, but... I keep going back to, I think that the, some of the imagery in this movie is stuck with me my entire life because there is something Spielbergish in some of these scenes where it's just the boys having fun and being boys and brothers yeah. and just hanging out. Um, that stuff to me, like watching, it, it's like I was getting a lump in my throat because it just, I don't know. Uh, it was the first time, I guess, in a long time I've thought about like hanging out with my brother in a different time. Cause there was like a time when we played with action figures together. And then it, then there was a time where he stopped cause he was a couple of years older than me. And I was kind of just by myself because both my older brothers were too old. And yeah. this felt like that, right? Like the time period right before your brothers, you and your brother might start like growing apart, not growing apart, but that's like yeah. my brother turned Being 16 when I was 13. Yeah. So my brother could drive and I couldn't anymore. So it's like, of course he went out And he was hanging out with his friends and stuff. And I didn't, I didn't have a car. I was 13 years old. Um, and this movie somehow or another, I don't, I don't know how to explain it feels like that time period in my life where it was like just before I lost my brother to, you know, he's still alive. I'm not trying to say, but lost him to the real world, I guess, for the first time where I was like, you're not going to stay home and, and play with me. Um, that Mikey scene is what reminded me of the football yeah, scene. That's right? the, where, where, the
1: one scene that really almost like cause I was expecting actually to be crying from this because you guys were like, It I got did. us. And, Man, I yeah, like, it, it and I was like And I was like, Well the ending surely will get me. But the moment that I almost got me is when he does ditches, brother, because it's like there is absolutely I relate to that. And I was very fortunate that my brother only did this for brief periods of time throughout our growing, like growing up. But like there was that moment of, like, watching him go away with other friends, you know, or, like, this is big kid's time. Um, but he would always, you know, for the most part, include me. Um, but, yeah, that that kind of struck me, too. And then, of course, it's just a terrible event happens, you know, like, during that as well. Um, Which, uh... yeah.
2: I uh, It's funny, I remember this dog's n- name, and I was telling Chase, they even make a joke about it in the movie, but I said he kind of, it, I, I, what I had remembered is Shane was kind of like the third brother, because I remember him from getting in multiple fights with the king, um, and the king is played by Adam Baldwin, everybody, he's the stepfather, if anybody hasn't picked up on who the king is. Um
0: Wait, that's Adam Baldwin?
2: yes.
1: Yes, didn't know that. The, you only
2: no, uh, uh, no relation
1: to the Baldwin. No yeah. relation to the other Baldwin. Wait, but is I do that the like guy Adam from Baldwin.
0: like Chuck and everything? Like the uh, I think he's I also was, a guard in a, in, He's Independence in Independence Day. Day.
2: He's in yeah. Independence yeah. Day. Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: is that glass bulletproof? Yeah. Yeah. No, no sir. sir. Uh, but I
2: liked. Uh, I really like uh, a. I I did, like a good dog character, and I thought I liked Shane's protection same. of them, Great and dog. how Shane was just always like there, there, there's a scene where he literally breaks through the screen door to help Bobby. Um, and yeah, he's just a good, he's the goodest of good dogs, uh, Shane. Uh, but yeah, I, I remember the first clip I ever saw from that movie is yeah. the scene where, cause he's I think bloody. I saw, uh, yeah, where, where Shane is like all bloodied up and then, yeah. uh, and then, you know, Bobby's in the hospital. I remember that being the hook for me when I was a kid. I was like, Oh, this movie, what is this? And it was on encore, I think. But That was around, yeah. It was around 12 or 13.
0: Um, well, of course, it's a dead animal, like, like that's all your movies. That's yeah, you my up. no, yeah. it's I, no, I, I remember dead. that
2: he
1: didn't die in this movie, yeah. I
2: remembered that too, like, that's why cause uh, I
1: remembered being so fucking upset by the scene where he's like bloodied,
2: yeah, when he's like um, bloodied and laying behind the shed, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I remembered that too, Dave. I, I specifically remembered, I was like, he doesn't even get on the radio flyer, like, he's like, yeah, on the hill with elijah wood at the end because he has to save um well he has to uh, slow down adam baldwin
1: i i also um i i I do really like a lot of the filmmaking in this specifically never seeing adam baldwin too clearly and i love it's uh, like the perspective uh, of a child yeah and it's just also like visually representation visual representation of how like dark of a character he is you know like but yeah it absolutely is like this dark figure to you as a child and uh you just get like a I don't know like I got like a just like a tinge of pain like every time the uh, mother calls him dad to them because it's just like and they never really correct her or react to it they're too young to do that but it just hurts so bad like hearing I don't know, like, that's, she's, she's, like, forcing this role on, she's, she's, like, putting it on them to be, like, this is your dad now, and, like, their example of their dad now is one of the most terrifying people that, you know, it's a mon- literally a monster, there, literally you a know, monster. and they're, I don't know, like, that, I, I think I, I jive with the first half of this movie a lot more, like, seeing them kind of, like, deal with that, but then once the reality seeps in, which, again, is, is like, a successful part of this movie is this movie starts more... The, the monster feels like a metaphor, almost, and then there's the moment where you realize he has, like, physical bruises on him, and then you're like, holy shit, like, you know, like, he's actually abusing him. But then, like, they, in their mind, like, the... They can get the magic kit to get, you know, to ward off the monsters. Like, they're still, how they're dealing with it is still so innocent. Um, But I don't know. It's, like, to me, like, the the making the magic stew thing didn't work. And I feel like that should be, like, foreshadowing of what the ending is. But the ending is saying the opposite, I guess.
0: Yeah. I can see that.
2: Um no, I do think that I do think
1: that it rhymes, Dave, that scene. You're saying it doesn't? No, yeah. Like I don't think they successfully make the potion they're trying Yeah, to they
2: make. don't, which mean and they also, I don't think, successfully make the radio flyer. So it does. Well that's of...
1: not what the movie shows us though, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, you're okay, I see what what they're showing us. I so you. it's like you choose to give one realistic moment of like a kid having a misinterpretation of what life actually is in the real version of it, like it doesn't do anything and it explodes and everything. But then later it's like, I don't know. And again, it's like, I think supposed to be like this. It's part of it. Uh, I just, yeah,
2: no, I I, I don't want
1: to keep harping on this. I'm sorry, but
2: no, you're fine. I mean, this is uh, I mean, I, I think that it's, uh, we haven't covered a movie like this, which is, uh, um, I'll admit I didn't I like I remembered this movie being heavy
0: but not um, this heavy Um but
2: I wouldn't say I don't remember cuz like my only memories of this movie are not like joyous moments. It's all like oh this is this is a hard watch but I I I said it to you guys on the porch it's it's a weird I draw a parallel like I call it the the, the requiem for a dream of like my I guess my early teenage years, it's like (laughs) not a movie that you like, it's not an easy watch. It's not a movie that you're just like, you got to see radio flyer, man. It'll really perk your day up. Um, It does feel like, uh, like that's the the best parallel I can, I can, I can draw. It doesn't, I know it's not as like crazy as record for a dream, but when you're 13 years old and watching that movie, I remember it being intense. And I said, Adam Baldwin scared me. Like when I was, uh, when I was that age watching the movie, Every time that guy was on screen, I was like, "Oh, this
1: guy." Man.
0: I didn't feel that until like, very later in the movie. Um, then I was like, "Oh god, he's bad." It's, I, it's like, for me. It's after the
1: like, like I earlier like this is like my like like in my memory like this is me being afraid that these are my trauma memories as a kid is like watching a movie like this and actually like I remember being like terrified that like an adult human could be that scary to you like in this movie did seem like really dark to me i feel like uh, i try to think of the bill paxton movie it's like a bill paxton movie where he has like two sons that he raises and he's really crazy towards them and religious but uh for some reason that reminds me of this movie they're nothing alike but uh it's a brother story
0: Yeah, I knew this movie was going to get me because it was a brother story. I think I said it in Onward. Whenever there's, like, a a brother movie or a father-son movie, I always cry. Every single time, if it's effective.
1: I'm usually pretty weak to brother stuff. Um,
0: Yeah, this movie, I feel like the... Maybe
1: that's why I didn't, like, why I'm not clicking with it this time, because it's, like... Kind of an unthinkable thought for me, an unthinkably dark thought for me, like the ending of this movie. And it just, I don't know. I'm usually not someone that even strays away from sad things. Like, I usually like to watch them in order to feel stuff. Like, but this didn't even make me feel anything, which was the weird part. It just, it, I just didn't, I don't know. I
0: definitely, mostly,
2: mostly it made me feel sad. Like, I was, it, um, It is a downer of a movie. Um, Mm. It's like it's not. I don't, but I don't want to call it like. It's tough for me to call it joyless because, like, there are parts of the movie where just the innocence and like the, um, the them just playing and being them like that does bring me joy. Like those scenes do. It just sucks that like in between those scenes, it's cut with terror and them having to deal with um you know domestic violence uh and and growing up with this evil stepdad you never hear about what happens to the real dad they said they never asked in the movie uh and they the radio movie. fire actually killed him that yeah, the radio yeah. fire actually killed him but uh the movie did, this starts out with you know them on a um i like think
1: the cop showed up in in and- Saw a dead child and then just put his revolver in the guy's mouth and blew his head off.
2: John Hurd, by the way, uh, great character actor. I swear, everything I see him and I love him. I almost wish he was in this a little bit more because I, I, yeah. I felt like I felt like I remembered. A not a big storyline, but I felt like there was a triangle, and I'm misremembering it. That John heard same sense, yeah. That John heard like had a thing for her, and he liked the boys, and he was like, "I know what's going on." Goodbye,
1: vibe. Yeah, gets
2: with John Heard. He's a nice guy. It's weird because they show John Heard a couple times, and it's almost like the you know the one point when he's talking to the boys after their their wagon's been kicked over in their front yard, and they get picked on by the neighborhood boys, and the cop comes over and breaks up the fight. But he comes out of the car and he has that moment in movies, you know, that another adult figure has, like, uh, "Yo, you boys all right?" You know, like, "I care about you and your mom. She's a good lady." Uh, It was that moment. Um, So it's weird that I remember. I swore I was like, "That's where you pivot
1: in this movie's like a thriller, like." it's the Vince Vaughn movie you showed me,
2: Domestic Disturbance.
1: Yeah, that's like where it's like, like this movie pivots. It's it's more of a thriller where these kids are like trying to like you know, he, like he's he's doing a perfect job keeping it from the mom, but then like John Hurd starts to catch on and then saves right. him at the end of the day. And
2: and I and, think that that's just another which movie is off a cliff. It's just like another movie, but it was. um I've got that feeling, too, where I was like, this this could well, be in it. Uh,
1: also, because I, I, too, really like him. So, when you see him, I was, like, filling in gaps because I, like, couldn't remember this movie perfectly beat for beat. I was like, yeah, he must, like, have a more significant role. And he really doesn't. Like, it's, I don't know. And it adds to the hopelessness of this movie because when he gives up the card, you're like... Yeah, use that card. Use the card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like my
2: and the way Elijah Wood receives it and looks at him, he's he has a little bit of glimmer of hope in yeah. his eyes because he's like, and they both I both have an, go, thank you,
1: thank you." And yeah, really and it's sad
2: because these kids don't. Um, it, with, I think what one of the saddest parts is that is that they can't really lean on their mother. Like their mother obviously does love and care about them, but it, she's Jesus putting up broken. with something well, she knows yeah, is going yeah. on, and she's inviting him back in, and it's like. She never once asks them how they feel about him coming back in. Yeah, Um, she just says, "No, no, it'll be
1: okay." Um, And not that they would say anything if they were asked. I get that this isn't an unrealistic story. Actually, no, it's not in that sense. Like outside of like all the fantasy of it, like the core of this story, and that's why it's it's very real, pretty disturbing. Is like there's scenarios like this all over, you know.
2: And I guess, I guess, what you know, you said. Like this movie's a real downer. I I guess some people maybe who have gone through this are, are hoping for because they've had it too. I, mean, I, I had a happy ending, and this movie just doesn't deliver upon like I think the happy ending that maybe people were expecting. And I think that kind of threw some people off, probably. Like well, the ending is not I think everyone wanted a clear cut, like this is this is how it ended. I want Tom Hanks to be like, oh, the machine didn't work. Um he actually ended up busting his head on the on the um t- on the runway. It was crazy. Um, but it doesn't, it it ends very
1: ambiguously. And well, you know what the original filmed ending was, which is more of like, it, it left the audiences too confused, but it tells me that they weren't really sure, like that they were like, all right, let's stick with ambiguous. But the original ending was they go to the, uh, air and space museum in DC and, uh, next to the Wright brothers plane is, the radio flyer hanging up and he's like, you see boys and, uh, people, people just left the test screenings. and were like, What it? it all be Basil. And, uh, so they changed. They're like that. if
2: I go to the museum is, is that there? Is this based on yeah. like a true story?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which makes to be honest, like that turns it like that would have been the biggest dog shit ending on earth. So, I'm so I agree. Happy they changed uh, that.
2: Me too. Um, uh, I like the uh, – there was um, – oh man, Chase, you brought it up uh, during the movie, and I was like, good point, Chase. And I feel like it wasn't the King thing about not being able to see his face. It was something else you brought up that I was like, I never noticed that before.
0: Oh, was it the – well, you brought up a good point that I didn't notice, and it was the camera was always at oh, the Oh, okay, thank level. you for
2: bringing that up. Uh, yeah, there is a lot of – in the beginning of this movie and as the movie goes on, that the, it this – is going to segue right into the rock scene I was talking about. There's a lot of low angles in this movie. A lot of it is like them looking, looking up. up. And it's like, or the or like even when the when the wide shots like they look the way they're framed, they look so small compared to the adults they're standing next to. So you can't even see King. You see King from like the torso down. You see their mom in full. And it's when they're in the front of the house before they walk in, um, the new house. But uh yeah, I also I like
1: it's, Part of the beer opening scenes are like literally eye level of a child too. Yeah,
2: exactly. And then I think that's that's again why you don't see a lot of like a lot of the times you see King, it's like it's it's a mid it's like a mid shot. You don't see yeah. his head, you see his body. Uh and, and like him grabbing a beer or him coming out the door With and then the he cord. turns away, yeah or the cord, um, which uh was gonna come back to, to bite him in the butt. That was what it was, Chase. Um Tom Hanks is very careful in how he tells the story, but there's There's a part where he says, uh, you know, we 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 knew if King found out about the kitchen mess, you know, we'd be we'd be done for. So he never did. Uh, But he did find the cord that they left in the oven uh, and Chase has brought that up. He's like, well, he's like. He never found the mess, but arguably what happens is something worse. Yeah. It's like <laughs> he found the cord that was burnt because uh, it's like you burning the, my beaten well, cord, are isn't isn't yeah. burning my beaten cord. Uh,
0: isn't that what he uses to beat up Bobby when? Yeah, and yeah. there's not um
2: to stick on the low That's what angle sends thing, him to the hospital, hospital. is
1: him finding yeah. it in the oven. Yeah, um, but to go but back, he doesn't the low seem angle. like the type of guy that was making his own food in an oven, but.
0: By the way, that wasn't Bobby's fault. That was definitely Elijah Wood's fault.
1: Uh, it was Mikey's so fault. It's even yeah, worse. yeah. But
2: uh, Mikey's.
1: It's sad. It's another kid perspective, but he says he'll never look back there. Like, just because it's out of sight in their mind, they're like, yeah, like, you know, like if you go into the oven, you're maybe only going into the middle area, but you won't look in the way back. It's like a kid's misunderstanding of what an oven's function is, you know? We know food comes out of there, but. Maybe, I don't know if they're that stupid, but no, I know what you're saying. Like it's, it's, it's just the way he said he'll never look back there. And it's
0: just, you know, he throws
2: it to the back of the oven and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, it is a, it is something that a child would do to, to, I'm trying to think of anything. I know I've done something similar to that as a child to try to like cover up a mess. And I only made it worse. And my mom's like, you should have just told me you didn't have to do all this. Um, but, yeah, again, that's a childlike mentality. But that to go back to the low angling, what I was talking about is that cliff at the end, I think, to support my theory that most of this is it's not a theory. Most of this is shot from a low angle. Um, but that uh, everything – they don't have a human being in this movie they can trust except for each other, and then they have shame. It's yeah. like It's like they have a love for their mom – but something that's tragic for me is, is that everything looks so big to them. They're always looking up. The hill's huge, but it's not that big when you see adults in the frame. And uh, they have nobody to lean on but each other. And I think that's beautiful. I do think that's beautiful. It is in that everything they're going through, Mikey is, with the exception of the one time he leaves, they just try to be, and in that scene where he leaves and goes play foot, he's just trying to, Get along with the kids who normally pick on him, so he's like, you know, he's just he's and just trying to fit like, in.
1: Was like a trap, still. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they invited yeah, their invite to... the shit out of him, basically. And he gets a good,
2: he gets his good knee in there, yeah. which he, uh, that's, well, that's my signature move. Respects.
1: Yeah,
0: and yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: nothing comes of that. Nothing comes. You yeah. no. never see well, friends. Do you know that. what?
0: There's a scene in this movie that actually makes me it it, it questions this person's reasoning, but Fisher, the actual kid who jumps the uh, original jump at yes, the yeah. end when he's at the gas station, and he's <laughs> telling him, is he basically going like, you might have a chance to kill yourself. Now look, you just have to keep pushing. Got to go a little bit higher. Because like, yeah. think about it. He's like limping back in, and everyone's just yeah. calling him like. Hey, or bitch.
1: was he also a kid yeah. of abuse, and he? In his body, yes, I mean, that's another reason his limp reason. isn't from the accident. It's from yeah. No, because why would why would he be alleged? Why would there be a newspaper? I don't know. There There's, was a,
2: the, no no, but I, but, Dave. Why was he doing that in the first
1: place? Though? It also is like did it on a bike that had nothing attached to it, right? Like, yeah, it was yeah, a radio, was radio. Yeah, whereas, it wasn't a radio like, flyer. It was whereas, a radio. like somehow he knew what the kids were doing right away by seeing a crazy air contraption. He's like, oh, you got. Must be doing that same bike jump I did. The uh, uh,
2: this is where uh, uh, that point I told Dave, I was like, there's a point at the gas station, like that got me, but I admit it's cornball y and they beat it over the head because i know it's him when he goes fisher fisher when i know it's him when you don't even have to tell us like i know it's him when he peeks under he he starts to put the gas and he's got a little scar on his head very subtle and he looks at the kid and he goes when you get to the end the bottom of the hill don't don't you know he's like there you go you don't need to spoon feed me just just that moment i'm like because yeah, Chase looked at me, and Chase got it. Like yeah, Chase, I, well, he before. immediately
0: looks at the kid, and he goes. Okay, if it makes it halfway, you have and it makes, Yeah, and it's like, you well, know, then like Yeah, Then it to. zooms
1: in on his it name zooms, tag. And then, it, so then as if we didn't no, see No, no, the name tag is after
0: like, that whole conversation. Well, then somebody then comes he, out and you hear, somebody like, comes Fisher, out of the shop. Fisher, his,
2: yeah. Fisher, come in. Then it shows his name tag. Then it's like, so it's then he walks by the newspaper, newspaper article. And it's like, I get it. Stop beating me over the head with
1: it. it shows
2: going. guy it the ET over the mood. Then it shows a yearbook with Fisher in it for some reason. Um, just, they just keep going with um, it, um, but no, like I, I did like that moment because I read it how you said it. You might have been joking, Dave, but I think the reason why that kid was out there building ramps in the first place, Old Fisher, was ex- that ex- was ex- his form of escapism from abuse. And it's I like, don't know because
1: it, when he sees two kids coming down the street on a on a cardboard radio flyer, the only thing that i don't like about that is in this story it's two brothers who that's all they have and this movie starts off with like a sandlot group of kids being like yeah right on. you know like and that doesn't like yeah obviously you can become you can be from a broken home and have a ton of friends like i, yeah, yeah, I yeah. had many friends like that growing up but it's 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 uh it just seems like a very different vibe than like but maybe that is what it is, and that is like a, another very deep layered message of, uh, you know, like hurt people can recognize hurt people. Yeah, um, but I, just, I don't know. I like
2: that moment. I I will be the first in lie to admit it is it is cordball, it is hand fisted, it's cheesy, but I, I do like. Up until they start doing the Fisher, 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 and beating you over the head with it. I like the moment of him pumping the gas. Giving where did the that advice.
1: story come from? Did I miss it?
0: What? The Fisher it's a,
1: story. It's, it's a local legend. It's a local, local, local legend. I think yeah, they're, they're told so by the. So we see it,
0: but where think, do the
1: kids experience that?
0: I, I, I think, think it's they're just
1: told by their Tom Hanks is they,
0: explaining the legend, and then it's like yeah, but jumps no, he wants to know where Tom Hanks. Where, found like up. I'm in pretty the sure
1: story those kids
0: okay. never experienced
2: okay, that so legend. This is my explanation: is that their kid? Okay, one of the kids within the group of kids that beat them up and bully them is seen they're multiple like, by times. By the way, there's a radio flyer. Kid. No, 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 no. There was a uh, one of them is Henry Thomas Nichols. Uh, who played in uh, Rookie of the Year. And in that movie, he explains to Joseph. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, But no, he's the star of that movie. But you see him multiple times, and I'm like, okay, so this is the same friend group. That's how I was able to identify, like, this is the same group of kids. That's obvious. My thought is, though, that uh, at some point in time, while Elijah Wood was trying to get into this clique or this group of friends, he was told about the legend of uh, Fisher. Of the legend, it's just
1: it seems like something they should it is
2: put in the movie, yeah. I agree, I agree. Um, but I it, maybe we all missed it because I feel like in the beginning of the narration, he does there, there's got to be some introduction to the local legend because I know they well, the they, movie
1: they, just starts showing it to us. So, in our mind, we don't need to know the legend because we saw the legend, we saw then. the legend. You don't ever did, see how them did. as kids hear about the legend enough for it to be like, You're Fisher. Like, like, that moment was, like, I don't know. Like well, the only moment you do get the Ghostbusters is exist they something. they
0: do talk about, like, oh, that's the hill that Fitcher did it. And they, like, they do point yeah, that stuff true, out. Yeah, that's true, I guess. When
1: they first go to the hill, they're yeah. like, let's so they just, check it out. You let's just don't know
0: it. how they know it, but you know yeah. that they know of the story. I also true, like I that guess. when
2: they, this is something that, uh, I'm just going to stop saying the word sad. But, because uh, it's, everything's sad about this movie, but... That's another thing that got me is when the one time they brought their mom to their spot, to the hill, she's like, oh yeah, it has a nice view. And they're like, this is everything. She she has no idea. She can't see it. And I, I really vibe with that. But I, I, I agree with what Dave said, where it's like, I'm a little loose on when your imagination is
1: is completely gone. I remember well, Dave Well, it's just saying, like he's like, once you turn 13, you're in I know. Girls. They put it... And I they was put like, it, I was nine years old, and the girls. Yeah, they, <laughs> they put a
2: weird... They, they shouldn't put an age in that. But Dave, you said something very profound a long time ago, but you were like, the moment I stopped playing with action figures is when I couldn't... I, I couldn't... There was one day when I couldn't stop seeing my hands.
1: Yeah. And I couldn't see the figures... Which, to be fair, was hands. much older than 13. Like, I, I... My personal imagination went much further than, like... Like, I would be okay with playing with action figures when I was, like, 14, but I was, like, fucking kids' movies. I hate them, you know, but I'd be, like, but I'll play with G.I. Joe in front of Black Hawk Down or something, you know. Like, I had a weird, like, balance with imagination when I was a kid. But I love playing with toys. But that absolutely was uh, probably, like, the saddest moment of my life was, like, I was kind of afraid that I would just play f- with toys forever. Like I did have a secret fear of that. Like I was like, I can't let anyone know I'm still playing with toys, but it didn't need, I didn't need to stop. It was just one day. I literally like, couldn't not see my hands, like controlling the action figures. And that always like kind of devastated me because when I was a kid, there was no hands. No, like, there wasn't. You and know, it's, everything was working battles. by itself. And, uh, yeah,
2: and I think that the the and the idea that we're harping on right now is the idea of like it's your loss of innocence. It's once you you cross a threshold in your your life where that it's like if you've heard people say the reason why uh, it's important for kids to believe in Santa Claus or in movies where in horror movies where they're like, well, why can the kids see the ghost? Because they're in that they're they're still innocent. Their imagination is still. They haven't been. You know, exposed to the cruel world yet. Um, but the idea of the loss of imagination, or the point in which the mm-hmm. the, the fulcrum in which you lose imagination, which I imagine, well, like you you said this earlier, and it kind of like it, it kind of hit me. A light bulb went off of my head, and I'm like, is that what happened? Is he said? Did Mike have like a tr- like a a just did he blank and just have like a trauma block? Yeah. Like as soon as this, as soon as this. Uh, brother rolled down that hill. Did he just have a trauma block of what actually happened um, in yeah. that moment?
1: Well, I feel and, like his brother didn't even roll down. Rolled,
2: yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. So I'm, I'm, I'm adding that part. But like, or before that, I mean, did his was his brother even real? Whatever it yeah. may be, does he have a block there? I do and, feel like it's that's like, like, like was really- that the moment that he stopped believing in like, but he still tells his kids the story like it is magic. Yeah. So it's like I. And I don't know if that's just because he wants them. He's trying to be a well, good father. In the in like-
1: narration that, what does he say? He's like, that part of me didn't stop when I was 13 or something. It was like he, because he's still getting the postcards. I feel like he's saying like that one specific part of my childhood is still alive. Like that imagination. Mm. But that is like, I, I really do feel like that's just the dark route my mind goes down. is just picturing the mom like, having to deal with him over and over again, being like, he's, she's flying all around. He's going to all the places he wanted to go, all the places we talked about. And then the mom, like for whatever reason, she can't deal with like, you know, talking him into the truth. She just starts to
0: believe uh, it. Like, fake which is not, no, me not,
1: to... not believe it. She starts to enable it with the postcards. I you know, was it assuming me, another movie we just watched the postcards are still a metaphor. Like they didn't, even those didn't happen. Like, none of it happened. Like, this is the story he tells Well,
0: about. I was seeing this it is, as, as Mikey making the postcards to try to calm his mom down, being like, no, oh, that didn't happen. Huh. Look, look, he's all good. There's because, another
2: take. To be honest. Yes. You, you did, did say, say that, And I was like. They always yeah. will protect
0: their mom. I was so. like, that is a
2: very possible take that. And his yeah. mom. And. Well, that would seem both, crazy too. Well, crazy. On, crazy yeah. Yeah. Like, hold on, like, hold on. His mom could I be. His mom could be. Equally buying into it. his mom could be like, I know he's gone, he's he's yeah. dead, but I'm gonna pretend like these postcards mean something to me because I know they mean something to Mikey, and Mikey's getting pleasure from writing them to me to make me feel better, thinking that Bobby's still yeah. alive. And uh, it's, technically, again, we only layered, see like there's one. Is there's mo-
1: I'll give this movie it's a hundred percent. This credit is that it's like a really good. I don't know. Like you can't. It's ambiguous. It. It's, it's ambiguous enough.
2: Yeah that it it doesn't it's not a straight shooter it doesn't it's not like you can take everything you're seeing at face value because you can't first yeah. off you're being told a story by a narrator who admits that the story he's telling in the beginning is not all like well do he doesn't say truth he's like I, I, we got to find the wording he's like uh, the the, uh, the storytelling what is that line um let me find it But, I mean, he's basically telling his kids in the beginning, he's like, I'm about to tell you a fantastical story, um, some of which, a lot of which is probably a fabrication or an exaggeration of the truth. Um,
0: Well, my evidence of it being Mikey is I find it very suspicious that the first postcard is from Wild Bills, the first place they go, which you do see them leave with souvenirs. So how wouldn't you know, Mikey or any of them have already had that postcard, and he just sends it to himself again, and it's just like I I don't know it's 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 sadder that way, and I know that yeah. this movie's already pretty sad enough, but it even makes it even like more upsetting for uh, Mikey. I just don't know why you yeah. would tell his kids that. Like I know that maybe that's just for us as the audience to see what's really going on in his mind, or
2: what. I really like that that take though Chase because I think there, there is something greater about the Buffalo that I'll admit I'm not getting. Uh there is something greater about because like he says, there's more in the in the there's m- there's more in the to
1: screenplay, it. and I think that was cut from the movie. Um, the guy that wrote this movie was. I think it was he was a first time screenwriter and was giving given a whopping one point two five million dollars for the script. Uh and they hired him on as a director at the same time. Um and then shot for ten days with a different cast and they didn't like the dailies. Michael Douglas, who produced this movie by the way, didn't like the dailies and was like, We're scrapping it, we're getting Richard Donner in here. Um and then they Recast the boys and the mom, um, which I think the original author had a lot more fantasy in this movie. Okay. Because um, that's kind of the only example, right? It's like well, the lonely Radio Flyer, Buffalo. Buffalo. And then the shed scene. And the yeah. shed scene. Yeah, monster.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, also, I mean, they have that one little nightmare sequence where the two boys are on the bed at night and they and hear the growling outside their window and they pull the curtain up and they think it's this big hairy monster, but really it's just... That's not. That's just kids' imagination running wild. But that was just Shane outside of the window. Um, but what I was gonna bring up earlier that I, I finally found, I had to grab my phone for it. But uh, something I loved—the little bit that they brought up—was the seven lost secret fascinations and abilities. I thought that uh, montage was really cool. And if you don't know, what I'm talking. If you guys remember, it's yeah, where he's it's like the number, the so number one. You could animals fly. can talk. Two, your yeah. favorite blanket is woven from a fabric so mighty that once pulled over your head, it becomes an impenetrable force field. Three, nothing is too heavy to lift with the aid of a cape. Four, your hand, left forefinger, and thumb out actually fires bullets. Jumping from any height with an umbrella is completely safe. Monsters exist and can both be seen and done battle with And the seventh, and the greatest, most special, and regrettable loss of all, the ability to fly. Uh, I think... I loved that part when he's going through that because he's just again, talking about, I'm, I'm harping back on the loss. Like of, and there's seven things that like children believe to be factual um or believe to be, cause like I remember, I, I, you know, I remember as a kid being like four or five years old and, and scared that the boogeyman was going to grab my feet. So what'd I do? I put the comforter over my head and all of a sudden I'm safe. Like, I'm, I'm like, I wasn't worried anymore. I was like, well, nothing's going to get me under my blanket. Um Now the Cape thing, I never tried to jump off of any, sheds with an umbrella or anything like that i wasn't that uh
1: i do like the risky. just i don't know it, that gave me christmas story vibes of like a narrator describing like rules of childhood like you know like i didn't relate to like both of the rules he said but i'd like oh, the yeah, concept of like either i like the these concept things, these things are holy to a child because like these are our understanding of life you well, know
0: one of my favorite sp- Like moments in this movie, and Steve, you were the one that brought it up, and I just, I loved it. Was when they're in the carnival, and he's like, and that night, I looked in Bobby's eyes, and I could see something completely different. It's like he knew. It's like he knew something
2: no one else knew. Yeah, he's like you knew the ultimate secret or something. Being a
0: kid, and no one else knew, and he was so far ahead of everybody. And those shots like, they he does it.
2: that like he does that twice yeah, and both like times the theater, they do right? they do like they slow the frame rate down and it's just like a slow like close up of Joseph Mazzello with his hands up acting like a bird or whatever or like yeah. but and it's i i those moments every time that happened it, it, I, that like i said it movie- rattled me man like that the, those parts did get me cuz i was like this is just a big brother like in that moment looking at his little brother and admiring his admiring his like imaginate or like his his love or wonder for the world even though his little brother is going through stuff he can't comprehend cuz he's just seeing it or maybe
1: yeah. he can because maybe it's him i was wondering what you guys thought that he, what is exactly he's talking about um i know he kind of clarifies it but during the amusement park scene where he's like and then i realized my brother knew that Something other people don't know, like I, you know, it's funny, Dave. You part of me feels like in his to- way of telling the story, it's like his he prophetized to his death, like he does, and, he
0: percent does. That's I think all it's he's
2: weird doing. That two times, the two times I was just talking about, where they slow it down, and he says he's my you know, I, I saw something in him, and I didn't see anything in any other kid I've ever seen, like, uh, Is that whatever Elijah Wood thinks, whatever Mikey thinks he's seeing in Bobby, Bobby doesn't even know what it is until Mike presents him with the big idea. And then he goes, that's it, the big idea. And it's, I kind of like that Mikey is, again, like admiring Bobby and just like, he's, he's got it figured out. Like he's got something figured out, but he doesn't, Bobby doesn't. And I think Bobby's just being a kid and being free and, and, fantasizing uh, about uh, a world beyond his bedroom in his backyard. um, And he just doesn't know how to get there. He doesn't know how to escape. Um, And then Mikey's actually the one that, you know, um, gives him the idea because, you know, they, they raise this money by, uh, I, I, and again, these are the little bits that I like of like the collecting bottles and collecting golf balls and selling them to golfers. Um, I thought was, was just a fun little because what what year does this movie take place? They did say it. Dang it! Was in it the seventies, sixties, sixties? Okay, I was like, yeah. this is the sixties or seventies. But um, very much something that my dad told me. Him and his friends used to do. Like uh, this is like the Sandlot. Also, if you remember, there's a scene in the Sandlot where after they bust the guts out of a ball, Benny's like, "All right, we got to round up ninety nine cents and get a new ball." Yeah, um, and it's like they went around selling like bottles and recycling. And it's like my dad used to do this this thing and it's cool to see Tom Hanks even says it. And it's weird that it's relevant today because he says, to his kids, he's like, we didn't have video games and this and that. And he's like, we did, but we, you know, he's like at arcades and stuff, but we couldn't play them. Just, you know, we, we were all about being outside and it's kind of a, a, a it's, it's sadly becoming a lost art. I mean, we live in a neighborhood where we do see children outside playing every now and then. But I, uh, um I like seeing time capsule childhood. Like like a childhood before electronics and cell phones and all this, uh, a more primitive childhood. These children just growing up in a time like where they didn't have tele. Like I mean, they were watching monster movies, which was really cool. I liked that they were watching. Oh yeah, Frankenstein. yeah, Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah so that of was very you that. uh And very appropriate. We got a Bride of Frankenstein poster. We hung up a Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein poster in the house, and then today, Frankenstein is a. Uh, is one of the movies in the movie that we're covering. So it's kind of poetic, but it was,
1: um, the yeah, first ra- movie we're covering after the monster month.
2: Right. Right. And it they, they do have that whole bit of the, like you said earlier, the bodsters until they, uh, it's
0: like, we believe, until in it personifies Stein into and, an actual yeah.
2: monster, which is, a you know, uh, is I saw this, this meme one time that was, uh, it was, it used an old cartoon, but it was funny. It said, uh, what, if there's anything Scooby-Doo taught us, it's that the real monsters are often just ordinary people, not fantastical like creatures and, and, you know, like a swamp thing and a Dracula and a wolf man. No, like real monsters tend to just be human beings. And it's like this guy in this movie, the King is that he's like the living personification of just a monster. Like he's yeah. a monster. And uh yeah, there's, there's, there's so much, I guess, little symbolism in this movie that, I I don't know. There's so much to pick up. There's so much to pick apart, yet there isn't. We said that earlier. You said there... It's like so much of this movie, I feel like, is is it up to interpretation. Because, I mean, Chase has given us three different takes I never thought about. You've given me a couple takes I've never thought about. Um, yeah, it's interesting. interesting. I could definitely
0: play. tell you, even though it's a segment, we've completely abandoned it does pass the, pass bar, the talk. bar talk it it definitely yeah. you, it's a movie that i feel like no matter what even if you liked it or you didn't like it you would probably talk so much about this movie to s- someone who you watched it with at least to be like what the hell did we just watch
2: i feel like even if yeah, i do feel like even if you hated this movie yes. you'd have a lot to say about it you'd be like well i hated it but let
1: me tell you why i hated it and mm-hmm. you need to get that off your chest i but it yeah, does I feel like something you need to talk about afterwards. Like yeah. it's not something you can just kind of roll off your back. Uh,
0: Sit on it anytime. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's uh it's interesting. I said it would be interesting. I said it would be interesting. Um,
2: <laughs> I did like the narration. I was uh, that it did it did mirror kind of. Uh, we talked about this earlier off off pod, but um. This movie came out in 92, uh, 92. I believe Sandlot came out in 93. And there are parts of this narration that do uh, mirror the narration scenes of, like, Sandlot. Or just give me the same feeling, the same energy. And it's, you know, kids in the 60s being there. Narr- we said another. What other movie did we add? You said it reminded you of uh
1: Stand By Me. or The, stand three, the three movies that I can think of. And, uh. I was the three movies that I could think of is A Christmas Story, Stand By Me, and Sandlot that are narrated by adult versions of the kids we're watching. Right. Um, but Radio Flyer, I believe, was the guy that I was just talking about that wrote it um and was fired as a director, wrote The Sandlot.
2: No way. Interesting. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I see that. Also, I mean, if... It's one point five million dollars for your script and you being a first-time writer to loop back to that. Yes. Like
1: David Mickey Evans is the writer of this, and he directed Sandlot, so Oh well very cool. I love Sam Definitely Lott has a, a uh nostalgia for his childhood and knowing these two movies, I'm very conflicted on on what's what. Uh <laughs> is Sam Lott after his brother dies and then he becomes like so he moves to this neighborhood. Baseball. Dennis Leary, his new stepdad, that he's Is like a lot nicer. Really group, afraid but of, but he's but, still but afraid of him. <laughs> but he's getting nicer. Like his, he has a new nicer stepdad. Oh like he's uh, also a little hesitant around him. Assuming this, this just feels way too personal to not assume there's there's, there's gotta something. be some autobiographical it's, stuff in this. Or I don't he. Wanna, you know, or, yeah, I don't want project to project that either on
2: him, but it's either that or I got the same vibe that it's either it happened to him or it happened to a very close friend of his. Yeah. And he grew up like watching it happen to his friend. Um, because I think that some of the most jarring parts of this movie, because they don't show there's only a couple times where you see him actually physically hit. Joseph Mazzello, and it's like the one time at the riverbanks, he like smacks yeah, his face. I think
1: that's the only time, right? Or he, he there's a the, grab at one. There's point, a grab, or, yeah. And so yeah. They're,
2: they are clever about filming it. It's because, I mean, first off, when he smacks him on the
1: riverbanks when they're fishing, that is a jarring scene. Like that's it's I heartbreaking. Think it, it is that heartbreaking. Scene was like, heartbreaking. That's where I kind of just got a like a pit feeling because I was just like. I don't know. It just fucking sucked because it, 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 it's like I knew it was coming too. like, I know he's going to end up being an asshole, but like for like those brief few moments, you're like, these kids have like a new life like and your dad. Yeah. Like maybe, you know, this new dad is good for him. He's taking them fishing and then it's just like, Literally, like right off the bat, he and he's
2: uh, just being a candle. kid. He's like, Hey, stop pulling on the rod so hard, stop pulling.
0: And he never excited they got a fish.
2: Yeah. It's like that's all they're excited about. They got yeah. a little bite, so it's like you know, and um, to be punished right away as a child in a moment of excitement is yeah. uh, that was heartbreaking
1: to me, too. And that it, is such and a, any parent might snap at a point like that, like yell. But not physically like, and I'm not saying it's okay to yell at your kid either, but like I could see like any scenario where like you might be a little upset because they weren't listening. Mm-hmm. But like to like just smack a kid that's not even yours. It's just so fucking crazy. Like
2: I agree. And then um I I did have a point to make about them not showing. Oh, the most jarring parts of this movie to me are seeing the bruises on Joseph Mazzello. Yeah. Like, when he's like in his bed and like Mikey pulls up his shirt and you just see like the knots on his back. And then, um, He's just like, the comfortable
1: sleeping. On, yeah. And, back.
2: Yeah. I, that just, uh, yeah. that's the, another way,
1: the way that he describes it to like, I couldn't understand why he was doing it to him and not me is also like, cause it's, that's, I, I feel like what's one of the more scarier parts about this is like, it's clearly been happening in, it wasn't until he sees the bruises that, like, he addresses it with him. So it's just like, I don't know, like, he was silently suffering, and he had no idea, like, you know, that, that was, I don't know. It just well, that kinda, was the
0: one kind of thing I didn't understand. Or he understand. does say,
1: did, did the king do this to you? But it's more of like...
0: When were they ever not like, apart? That was like my only thing I was kind of struggling with. Going like, okay, so you well, see, the bruises come home.
2: But no, there's a scene where he comes home and they're watching TV, and he goes, he "Go to bed." One. Not you, Bobby.
1: Not well, that you. was after so we know he was, that he
0: was abused. Yeah, but
1: so he hangs around at that point. So we don't know how many times he didn't think he didn't hang around down. it when he got sent to bed, and then exactly you know,
2: that was my because I, okay. I, I mean I could see what you're saying, Chase, but that scene to me does say this. Um, this is the first time Elijah Wood, like Dave just said, has maybe stuck around and just went around the corner and is listening
1: yeah. to what's well, going now on. Now he's aware of it. Now and he's, he's aware. Now he, like he's being protective of his brother. Like he's not going to, he's scared to leave him alone with King.
2: And there is a, there is, there is something gut wrenching about watching a child um, cry and the ability of Joseph Mazzello and Elijah Wood to cry in this movie. Cause they both have a couple scenes where they, they have to cry but Elijah Wood sitting there hitting the back of his head against the wall, uh crying while you know King is doing his business around the corner to Joseph Mazzello. Um, uh, it's just it's a gut punch, man, because uh he's he's in over his head. It's like I, I felt like with him, like I did last night, Dave, watching Copland with Sylvester Stallone, he's he's in this situation where he doesn't have anybody else to rely on and you feel so bad for, if nobody's seen Copland, good movie. Uh, you feel so bad for that character in that movie because he's he has this innocence about him like Mikey and Bobby do. Um, and they just don't, I don't know. I feel so bad for, I feel like Joseph Mazzello is like the ultimate kid that didn't deserve what happened to him. And well, like, yeah. it's, it's I mean, not that any, well, hold on, sorry. No not that any kid, see it. no, kid, no, deserves really deserves no kid deserves this. No kid deserves this. But the level of innocence they play on in this movie, and just the cuteness of Joseph Mazzello, because he's they, such a—they did such
1: steal a his side mirrors. They he
2: did steal. He, they did steal Oof. his side mirrors. It's weird. I, I done feel that.
0: like uh, Joseph Mazzello, He uh, he seems like in this movie he was wearing pajamas the entire time, even though I know uh, it was always just you know his jacket and everything. Like Mike has his favorite jacket.
1: I was having, like, a weird, like, active Mandela effect while I was watching this movie, watching Joseph Mazzello and Elijah Wood. It was more with Joseph, but uh, I I had to look up the commercial because I just saw it the other day. But do you guys remember before VHSs, on uh, most Disney VHSs, like Lion King specifically, uh, starts with, I don't know if it starts with, but one of the trailers in it is two kids hacking uh for disney world This yes. one kid yes. explaining all of the things that He's are like, about this is what you're gonna need yes, you're gonna Yeah, yeah i was like yeah. it was like is is that joseph bozello like i had to go and look at the trailer today and i was like or commercial i was like no it's not him it's just two <laughs> random kids but i was like oh there'd be like a sad sad <laughs> Sad, uh, like lore to those Disney kids' stories is that like they never go to Disney, in fact, they just end up in radio fire.
2: Oh, geez! Oh, wow, that's you know, you, well, speaking of that, this, this movie does does kind of uh, there's Florida Project esque vibes, yes, I get from this movie as well. Uh, um, see, that's like a movie which though, is I'm why like totally said, more on well, the side. That's of, why like, I watching. said if, if A24 made this and they made it rated yeah. R. It would probably be well received. But I that's a that, different
1: movie. It's like, a different movie. You're yeah. right. You're right. Florida it's Project not, is a
2: different movie. You no, some, I'm
1: saying a rated R. Oh, rated R. Of radio Flyer is a different movie. Made by 824 is a different movie. It's yeah. not whimsical as this. And if no, it no, is, it's, it's like. It would be really artistically whimsical. Like, like Pan's Labyrinth. I think, like. There's a few good examples of this story um, that I enjoy always. I mean, actually, like, if you want to go, like, to the root root of this story, I feel like it's Wizard of Oz. Like, if you ever want to take, like, situations in life you don't want to deal with and then slap some fantasy on it to deal with those issues, that's, like, a story I, the, I often enjoy. Where
2: the wild things are.
1: Where the wild things are is a great example. Um, one of... I one of the ones that I think speaks to the ending of this movie the best and I think I like it I I like it more in Life of Pi but that movie is more of like a religious allegory I guess Mm. but one of the things I've always liked about that ending regardless of how I feel about uh, religion and this actually really does speak to like atheists too but is after the story have you guys seen that movie?
0: yeah
2: Life of Pi no, but yeah. you can, you can go ahead. I've,
1: Life of, okay. Spoilers for Life of Pi. ruined. It's been ruined it's for, been ruined. Hi, been ruined for but me. It's but it's just I... so relevant to this. I just wanted to bring it up. But that story is basically a very fantastical story about a kid that's on a, a ship with his family that they're transporting a bunch of zoo animals. <clears throat> and then the ship gets shipwrecked at sea and he winds up in a boat with like several different animals and a tiger. And throughout the whole story, the tiger ends up sticking with him and protecting him and all this stuff. And this whole story is being told through the adult version of the kid telling, I feel like I'm going, out such a life of pirate, I'm sorry. But telling uh, this writer about this crazy fantasy story where this tiger is doing all those incredible things and protects him and his best friend. And the guy is like, at the end of it, he's like, well, did that really happened like a tiger did all this and this and that and then he starts i think like really really quickly tells the story again but with like what actually could have happened like this orangutan was actually his mom and this wolf was actually the chef from the ship that tried to kill him and like blah 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 blah.
2: Mm. who was the tiger
1: i think the tiger is always ambiguous as like either a symbol or there really was a tiger Mm. um and i also i'm sorry if i'm butchering this but the end, like allegory, is is he saying like what would you rather believe in, the first story I told you, or the second one, which is much darker, and then he says, well, the the first story, and then the guy says, well, thus is God, which is is really just like like a big way of saying like that's what faith is. You know what that uh, believe in the better story, kind of, and I think yeah. that is this movie too. I just don't think the message is presented as well or as clear
2: well you you know what uh, you know what really interests me uh is uh, you know this place has got me thinking this movie's got me thinking is um is it better uh to live as a monster or to die as a good man as they <laughs> yeah. your 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 little, yeah. your little rant there made me think of shutter island where it's yes. like it's like is it better to
1: just imagine super similar like honestly and and I think that is like one of the most succinct ways of saying it is the Shutter Island ending because that is one of my favorite like it's just better to be crazy at the end
2: He's yeah, like, well, and it, yeah. The and world's like, a little course, too
1: fucked up. Let's just be crazy. And, and, and of course, enjoy. given
2: his circumstances, Leo's specific circumstances, yes. the best thing for him to yeah. do is to just be. He's, he's like, like
1: either I'm in an insane asylum because I killed my wife after she drowned <laughs> our children, or I am a duly appointed <laughs> just, 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 U.S. federal <laughs> <laughs> marshal. Ruffalo is you. not my doctor. He's my buddy. He's in my pal. Gentlemen,
2: you will not get through these gates with your firearms.
1: We are duly appointed federal marshals. We cannot give it up our firearms.
2: But I guess that's another Sorry thing Sorry if about I just this.
1: spoiled life of pie and... And, <laughs> and yeah, Island. Island. Chase, you have to
2: do a lot of bleeping in the edit. But no, um, I guess that's something that I'm realizing as we're talking. Not that I didn't realize it before, but maybe realizing what I like about Radio Flyer is... And it says it on the poster, powered by imagination. But the imagination of it all, I guess, is is the is the hook, line, and sinker for me. Because I... I whether it be imagination through madness, like Shutter Island, or, or uh, I haven't seen Life of Pi, but I know of Life of Pi. I've seen clips. I've, I have just heard. I've heard the ending. Um, yeah. I and I like stories like, but I love stories like this, where the wild things are. Um, because I think that I mean, uh, not to get all deep on us, but uh, we as people, um everyone has a different way of coping with things and, uh, imagination can be a powerful tool
1: and, um, especially with trauma, like.
2: with trauma. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, uh, I, I guess I just, I, uh, I can't relate to, again, I can't relate to these characters. I want to, I want to, I want to <laughs> drive that whole I had very loving, supporting non-physical abusive parents growing up. I was lucky, um, to to have grown up with w- in that in that sense a very good household very healthy household um but i am such a what is it, empath i feel uh so bad for anyone who's had to go through that and uh, that's why i i don't know i guess this this movie i feel like is is a, is a weird like not a necessary evil because this movie's not evil it's not trying yeah. to be like cruel um
1: I am amazed that this was even just greenlit in the first place. I've I am heard. too. Like, it, let's it, do it, this. But I
2: mean, Dave, this is the time. Because like, that's I mean, a good point. It's the... not
1: trying to be evil, but it, like, what is it trying to be? It's like, what great. is it trying to
2: be? And I, I guess it's just trying to be grounded and real. And also, yeah. but it's like, I, I understand the mixed message. Cause it's like, it's like, do I mean, are you, are you encouraging children to go out and build a radio flyer and fly away from, I I don't know. I uh, I was reading
1: reviews from the time and like one of the more famous review persons, like uh, critics ever is uh, Leonard Maltin. And what he said about it was really interesting, but he was like, he was like, it's like borderline irresponsible to like present a movie where you can't escape on a radio flyer wagon that you built for yourself because that's nowhere near, the reality of everyone that might be dealing with abuse yeah and I like to me that like seems like very pointed and like that's very true but like one of the things I'm trying to keep in mind while being critical of this movie is what you brought up uh even before I watched it was that a lot of the counter arguments to the criticisms of this movie is that people who have been through abuse as children do find something in this movie and I think that's yeah. phenomenal if that's the case like that's great um absolutely because you know I don't know if Leonard Maltin is it, I don't know what his history is but I don't know if he has the hill to stand on to say like you know what this reality might be to someone who's gone through it um I don't know how like it's it, you know how any of us would feel i guess about
2: yeah, that yeah yeah it's just why you even mean you you said this at the beginning of your podcast and um i think that's why it's important that we reiterate that none of us are uh uh you know scholars on the topic the dark topic that is in this movie and i don't you know but i think it is it, this is a different kind of movie we've never talked about on this podcast yeah. and i'm glad that we that we are covering it because uh i'm realizing I'm more and more. I know we've made some comparisons, but this movie really is kind of like in a category of its own. It's hard to define this. Like, is it a family drama coming of age? You know, like Chase said, who are you really marketing to? Because it's not a, it's PG 13. It's not a kid's movie, but it's a kid's cast. So yeah, it's a, there's a confusion in the delivery of like, what is this movie? Like, what is this movie trying to say? Um, uh, but for me, it's all intention, and I just I I for me, it feels like Richard Donner's intentions, um, were 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 good. Like he's like I'm just trying to tell a really hard story. that's, yeah. that's hard to tell. Um, and and maybe the execution leaves a little bit to be desired, as as we've observed in this podcast. Like maybe he could have shifted the tone a little bit. Um, yeah. Maybe it is a little bit jarring sometimes that you go from like a beating or a scene where someone, a child just got beat to like them running around their yard and having fun. It is kind of a weird, like,
1: like it is like, it's like if like every time the main character goes home, he was beaten by Dennis Leary. Like, like you get those really like core memory childhood feelings when they're walking around carrying a wagon, like selling bottles, like it does feel like such a pleasant. Again, I feel like the things that like bothered me about this movie, I feel like are too purposeful to like fault the movie because I you are supposed to feel that like whimsical, safe zone of childhood when it's just them together and they're the playing naivety, and,
2: the naivety too of them and, just the, being so and then,
1: yeah and then when naive. they go home it's scary like it's um which is a really i'm sure realistic viewpoint for a lot of kids who go through abuse is like outside of their house can be the best place in the world and going back to their house is the scariest uh, which
2: is just such a tragedy
1: and i, and I do, th- I I do think even if uh, any issues I have with this movie, I think it could have suffered from being like a little bit tone deaf of something so serious, but I actually don't think it uh, because it deliberately mixes the two feelings together. I think it's not necessarily being tone deaf. It's, it's trying for something.
2: Yeah. And uh, what you just said is a terrifying concept i just wanted to build on that real quick dave that as a child we're told that one of the safest places or the place that we could always go is home you're scared come home you know you have a problem come home um and for a child to be afraid to go to what is supposed to be the safest place for a child their home is uh, a concept i can't even wrap my head around absolutely Um, i mean i
1: i did grow up with friends that did not suffer abuse at all but they did like not want, want to go to, home. Yeah. They'd want to <laughs> live at my house sometimes yeah. or like at my other friend's house. And they were just like the kid that never wanted to go home, which might, you know, like there could have been deeper things, but, um, but yeah, and, I, I, definitely like, I don't know. And what this movie does portray Dave is just
2: that, is that uh, oftentimes uh, when you hear about people that went through trauma, what's obvious, what's also attached to that. Oh, you know, they're, they didn't talk about it. And these kids, this is represented in this movie very well. These kids don't talk about it, yeah. like, th- like there is the the cop is right there. Like when that wagon's pushed over, they could the movie could have in you know it's one of those they, funny like reels you see, but like the movie could have ended right there had they been like it was our yeah. stepdad and and honestly, look Mr. at these dreams. The yeah. yeah, like this this guy's. Really but at scary. the same
1: time, it wouldn't because like clearly he can go, he can hospitalize he the can, kid and then be let back. out of jail. Yeah, which I think And is, then like that. That conversation that the kids are overhearing is also a very realistic, like, I feel like abusive household thing where it's like, she doesn't want anything to do with him. The first time she picks up the phone, it's not him being like, baby, please bring me back. It's his
2: mom died.
1: Uh, yeah. Kind of a manipulative thing. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I I need you to feel bad for me so that you're already softer towards me right now and believe that's something dramatic happened to me and i can change and like i don't know it is like uh it's a i don't know th- there is like such a weird darkness in this movie that i still don't know how to cope with but it yeah. is fascinating
2: uh there's that that phone call too is just uh um it's defeating because i think that as a first-time viewer i mean i looked over at chase and i saw it in his face but um it's when When they're all having a good time, you know, like the three of them, the mom and the boys, and they get that phone call and she goes, now, you know, as a viewer, you're like, who's the phone call from? And then you hear, yes, I'll accept the charges. She's, she's accepting a phone call from jail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's
1: like, like you're not from France or something. Yeah.
2: yeah, And you know, you know, the movie we're watching is not about, you know, her ex being in, you know, you know, from the context clues like, oh, she's talking to King.
1: Um, and it's I guess you can make collect calls from payphones, but still, yeah, yes. you can, we yeah. know it's from, yeah, the, because yeah, because of,
2: yeah, because of well, the of context course. of yeah. the situation. But that is such a, um, it's a false victory moment in the movie where you're like, okay, well, like, okay, everything's good. Like, King's in jail, like, the kid's out of the hospital, like, it's his birthday, like, yeah. everything's everything's all hunky dory. And then with another, like, to build on that, um, to me, the toxicity is just overpouring from this guy because the minute he comes back to her, uh, he's got the gifts in hand, gifts in hand, but and you never see his eyes, but he never once even acknowledges the children. Yeah, yeah, like he's just talking to her, and it's like like the least you could do in that situation is acknowledge the child that yeah. you hospitalized. They don't even show what the gifts are, do they? No, no. I don't think they do. They just do. like walk into important? their bedroom, and, and I don't think that, and, and like. I don't think they're important. I think maybe the kids see it as, like,
1: you we know. don't... Well, I think that's important that they don't even show the kids Yeah, exactly. It because this kind of shows, like... like, maybe they didn't even open it. They just, like, through it, like, the, to them, you can't be bought off from this monster, you know? Right. Um, and I also, that's, like, a... It's like if you were a kid watching this movie and you were watching that phone call scene, you wouldn't know what's going on. But as an adult, you do know, like you were saying, like with the yes, and yeah, then you the hear charges. you do and that's like cleverly done. They're not showing us both sides of the conversation or whatever
2: they do. And again, that goes, uh, they they show very little of uh, it's like they, they use the Jaws technique with King. Uh, where it's like less is more. Don't mm-hmm. show him
1: as much. Uh, whenever you do see him, it's they use the John Williams score every time he's approaching. Yeah, uh, um,
2: bum, 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 bum,
1: bum. Um, I feel bad making any jokes. Is no, I know,
2: I know, I know. Uh,
1: we're, not, we're not a serious I, podcast here. We're not, <laughs> we're, not, we're not. We're not.
2: We're not. We're not. Which why I think I think this movie took us for uh, took us for all for a, a, yes. a little bit of. It's a loop. just
1: so weird because I knew it was dark and and it was weird like. It's weird having a child's perspective of dark meet my adult's perspective of dark. And I'm like, Jesus, like, <laughs> like,
2: it's, it's, it's a a tim- kid, like,
1: I don't even think I understood how dark it was, you know, but I knew it's it a, was.
2: It's a tale of two movies or two time periods. It's like yeah. it's, it is one of those movies where it's you're watching two different movies. If you watch it when you're younger and then you watch it as an adult. And I saw this review on Letterboxd, so shout out to this guy. I'm not shouting out his name, but his review said, uh, me as a child. All right, he made it. That's so <laughs> awesome. Me as an adult. That kid totally died. Yeah. Um, and it's like, that is that real. And it's, that's the simplest realization in the movie. Yeah. Uh, because I think as a kid, like even as a 12, 13 year old, I was like, I was like, yeah, hey, I never really thought
1: went. that he really flew away. I just always thought that the movie like, I was like, was this movie about magic the whole time? Like, is how I felt when I first caught the ending. But then the more of the movie I caught, I was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> In the, I, so I don't think, I, like, I don't think that this movie could ever work as... A child's pure point of view. Like I don't think you could show a kid this, and then he'd watched it with that perspective. I like,
2: agree. With I agree. With that. I agree. And I, I that's why I think because I don't think is, you
1: could show it to someone young enough for them to really fully take get it. The full. Like, I think even if they yeah. were
2: going through it, like if your brain's not to that, because there there yeah. is there is points of this movie that I watched today that I'm like, yeah, there's no way I got that as a yeah. child. Like that definitely went over my head.
1: Um. And it's also like, I don't know like how influenced the kid can be, but like, there's so much you can do anything, you can fly in this movie, you know? Like, it's like the one thing about being a kid is you can fly, you know? It's, it's just it, yeah. a dangerous it, it, message to give children. Like It is. And
2: there is. And I don't remember
1: ever believing that, thankfully.
2: There is something so yin and yang about it, of like, uh, They want you want so much to believe in what the kids believe in, but ultimately, uh, it's it's the sadness. It's the the opposite. It's like his him being on that hill and whatever happened, thinking his brother flew away or his brother's already
0: dead behind
2: him. Like I don't know, but like whatever happened in that, it's so sad to think that uh, his imagination failed him like their imagination ultimately failed them like they can they can reminisce and cover up the trauma with their imagination but like i don't think i don't walk away from this movie thinking the radio flyer worked uh, yeah. like that's not the vibe i get like that's not
0: I think the I, the ultimate that is the scene that, Tom that I hates, hates like, kids.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like that's it. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. maybe twisting the story a little bit. I think and he's again, looking in like, his mean, kids. I wish eyes it just zoomed
1: and out and he was actually just in a mental institution talking to like Billy Bob Thornton from Sling Blade.
2: And there's a fly flying, and he's like, "I won't even <laughs> swat that fly. It's yeah. <laughs> my brother."
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, this movie's it was. It's complicated. Well, it's- okay, so uh, I, I didn't want to be a Debbie Downer about this movie, and I'm glad that I guess I, I, I feel like I was able to talk through it enough that I actually have way more respect for it now than I did at the beginning of this episode. But I also think this is uh, such an interesting example of what we're trying to do this month, of revisiting something that you experience as a kid because this... This isn't my choice. This is Steve's choice. So, like, I guess I'll have, like, different thoughts on, like, the one that's closer to me uh, next time. But uh, this is, like, a perfect, like, holy shit. Like, what does it mean to me now versus what did it mean to me then? Agreed.
0: Agreed. Um, Yeah.
1: And I think I always assumed that I was really going to like this movie, too, if I ever revisited it. Um, I'm actually slightly bummed I didn't (laughs) like it as much (laughs) as I wanted to.
2: Yeah, I can understand that, and and as much as I enjoyed it, I can um, say confidently that I don't want to watch this movie again anytime soon. It I really don't did want to uh, be
1: around anymore.
0: I think that might <laughs> no, be I really, the only that movie really. Uh, it. It, I it, told
2: I told the boys in like the last uh, two years. I don't know why this movie it particularly uh, it wrecked me. Um, yeah. As far as like it just, uh, I just mean, I mean it was my choice, so. I expected it to do something, but it did what I wanted it to do. Um, and I also liked that it inadvertently brought up, um, you know, this this discussion we've had of, like, uh, what is this movie? Dave didn't have the same re- – I like that. You know, we didn't all have the same second viewing experience, and I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I like that better than all of us being over the moon about it. It makes a more interesting conversation,
1: you know.
0: Yeah, I feel like it definitely sometimes it's
1: easier to talk about things when it's like um, we have opposing viewpoints because then we can actually like bounce back and forth on it.
0: It seems like, at least from what I can tell from this episode, <laughs> it's like we're all on a different spectrum. It's like sure. Steve yeah. really enjoys this, I'm kind of 50 50.
2: I think you're in the middle, and then yeah, yeah. And I, I yeah. and then Dave had a, a different a reaction second viewing, which is, I think. I think great. I, I I think it's great that we all had a. Di- I, again, I'm just repeating myself, but I, I do appreciate uh, when when we've had different experiences because we all three have different lives, and this is kind of what this month is is doing. You know, it's like what movie hit you, or what movie you know um, brings you the feels, or or floods you with with uh, nostalgia. Um, and that's what this one did for me. Um,
0: you guys ready to go into final thoughts?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so um I mean I'll'll I'll start us off just to give you guys uh um I guess a, a scale um but for me um as a as a film um this movie's hard to rate uh because it falls under is it a bad movie no is it uh to me um is it complicated to suggest to somebody? Yes, um, I don't like unless somebody's asking for this. Like, hey, I want a really sad movie that's like doesn't give me any hope at the end, but like maybe brings feels and uh, slightly traumatizes me. I'd be like, maybe you should give a Radio Flyer a, uh, a a viewing. So okay, so as a as a movie, I think um, I think I'm going three as a film. Um, uh, And then as nostalgia for me, it's three and a half Um, just because uh, I, I, I do still think uh, there's a purpose for this movie. I think that there's just a very select people, a group of people out there that do appreciate it. And if you can make, I mean, that's what filmmaking is all about. If you can touch one person, it was worth it. Um, You know, if one person feels something from your film, then, you know, it's, that was worth being made. Uh, but it, it just drew so much emotion out of me. Uh, I can't give it a negative review. I can't just give it, you know, as far as nostalgia is con- is considered is, is that scale. I got to give it three and a half cause it just, it just pulled so much emotion from me. Um, it's not a movie I'm going to watch again. Like I said, not anytime soon. It's a complicated movie to show to somebody. Um, but I think there is some kind of, it's hard to define, but there is a, there is a place for this movie in cinema somewhere. It's just complicated as we just, you know, covered in this episode, but there you go. That's, those are my final thoughts. I think that, that the acting is tremendous. Um, two, two obvious, two of the best child stars in the game at the time. Um, that's, you can't argue that, um, in 93, these, these two were just, I mean, incredible. Um, and I, I think, think it's that in, in this kind of movie. I don't know. It's impressive in this kind of movie, whatever it is—child movie, adult movie, whatever. They, I think, they understood what they were supposed. At least they understood their task. They may not have understood the movie around them, but Elijah Wood and Joseph Mazzello—that's
1: um, like an applaud for them.
2: But yeah, that's my that's my my take. My final thoughts.
1: I was just gonna say. I think it's weird. I was thinking about while watching this that. Although I just said that Joseph Mazzello has like plenty of things that I love him in. I was like it's weird to me he'll always be Jurassic Park kid, but uh Elijah Wood just barely like gets out of the realm of like you'll always be remembered for your child star role because he's Frodo to me. And he was like nineteen or twenty when they made that. So it's like I feel like he's the luckier one. It's like you get to be remembered more in an adult, you know, like to move on. But uh I, know, I I like these guys
0: a lot. Do you want to go? Into do you, your go f- yeah, do you want to go chase Yeah, I can go. I can go. I think, weirdly enough, I'd give this movie a three and a half. Uh, you know, I don't remember where I heard it from. I think it was in one of my first film classes in high school. It was a professor told us a film, a good film, would make you feel emotions that you didn't feel before watching. And I feel like this movie definitely brings out big emotions. It definitely is a roller coaster of emotions where mm-hmm. it's like like we talked about joyful, then it's it's extremely it's dark. Like whimsical, and, then it's dark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just seems if anything, by the end of it, I definitely teared up. Uh and I teared up at like the two brother scene. Where they were both saying goodbye to each other. Like, that killed me.
2: On the hill. (laughs) On the hill.
0: Like, that scene in particular killed me. Uh, So, for that, I'm going to give it a three and a half for a movie. For nostalgia... It might be a first know, you time. You can't really rate it I'm, giving it. I'm giving it a two. I don't even yeah, you see don't how this any... is a nostalgic movie. I don't you know.
1: Don't... Yeah, but you can't. You've I, yeah, never, I've never seen, seen
0: it. it so so it's hard really for
2: you to. Well, really it's hard. It's give hard it a so from, I, I could take that as. Uh, yeah, it, it's hard. I can to, understand that. it's hard yeah, but I don't you think you should even grade it. Yeah, I
0: shouldn't really grade it for nostalgia. But if I were. You
1: can't create nostalgia from something that you've never have, have that you have before. no nostalgia yeah, for exactly, it. exactly,
0: exactly. So I guess it's my first zero star then, instead of.
2: Uh... <laughs> but you gave a three and a half for a film. Okay, yeah, so I'm, I think I'm a three and, and a half for a film was
0: good. All right.
1: Um, David Boy, I got it. I I think this conversation, thankfully, I think it etched out the two and a half for me, two a three for a film because I really do think after talking about it so much that. It's very interesting at the very least. Um, I just feel a little like heartless about, about watching it, I guess, because it, it didn't move me. It, like it didn't make me you're feel not like heartless.
2: Anything. I think that, like, like again, this is my choice, so it's like
1: I didn't, yeah, you know, um, I didn't. Well, it's just like I just didn't feel like emotional over anything, I just didn't like It's like a like I don't like this. It's like if I'm seeing a dog get beat or something in a movie it's like i i'm not emotional over that i'm just distraught or i guess that is an emotion but um but uh yeah i think it's interesting enough to deserve to deserve a, a three star from from someone that is like complaining the whole time about the movie um and then for nostalgia this is i guess tricky for me i i I just wanted to like, like quickly say that the definition of nostalgia is a sentimental longing or wistful affection for the past mm-hmm. um and for this that's like it's it's the feeling i wanted to get is like when you watch something that you used to watch when you're a kid you can kind of remember those feelings you had when you were a kid um and i told you guys today i often link nostalgia with melancholy for some reason yeah mm. Like Not me that I had, had any, like, super bad reason to be sad when I was a kid, but, like, I is, guess just thinking of childhood can make you fleeting,
2: sad. The fleeting child. Yeah. of, yeah, of-
1: The innocence lost. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so, I, I don't know. I feel like this movie didn't do the nostalgia stuff for me because it was, like, experiencing a whole new movie through adult eyes, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really long for any of the feelings I had during it. Uh, but I do like the setting and the vibe. Like, it gives you that Sandlock feel. But I don't have a nostalgia for the 60s because it didn't exist. They
2: there. The you weren't there. Yeah.
1: Um, well, not in human form. You were an egg. <laughs> <man>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was you an egg talked man. about this earlier. Yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> my, my egg existed. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, yes, I, I I guess I'll get two and a half for nostalgia. I'm okay. sorry. That's
2: no, no, that's fair. Um, also wanted it. Wanted to, uh, on a serious note. Um, listeners, if there's in, any of you all out there that have gone through this, like you know, there are. Uh, and they put they put it at the end of this movie, but there are um, resources. Um, there's ways to um, find help um, and talk to somebody um, because I yes. think it's important. I think as as a as a child, it is very hard to talk to adults about serious issues and this movie touches on that. I just think that um it's sometimes hard for adults to talk to children, but yeah yeah problem. absolutely. Um vice versa. Yeah it works both ways. But um there there are resources and uh there's people out there that care.
1: Um, I feel like this is a very special episode of Podcorn. Oh yeah
2: <laughs> I, 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 I I did want to say that because I, don't I, know I if do you understand that the, reference. Too. Yeah I do. Um <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, uh, I'm glad I picked this movie. Uh, I I, I kind of, I think that if I went back and, because uh, Dave just defined nostalgia, not that I didn't know what the definition was, but this, this episode kind of made me feel like, man, maybe I should have picked like a more, like, uh, charming flick as my nostalgic so I'm, 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 I, I'm pretty sure
1: I was kind of worried about Flyway Home being kind of sad, but I'm like, well... Uh, we well know, we, radio we, yeah, we're, all,
0: we're only going up <laughs> for <from here> Beard, <regardless. laughs> We're only going up for Beard. Yeah, no one's choosing so, Schindler's well, List. It, it made me yeah, it it was, uh, really <laughs> question my choice. My, I chose Inspector Gadget. I feel like this is Inspector Gadget! I was like, this is completely different
1: than... I guess I'm trying... Something completely different. I have a little
2: bit of, uh, for the first time, like, my, uh, I have a little bit of, uh,
1: episode guilt. Like, a, of like did I pick? No, the right? I'm glad I, 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 I know, glad. I know, I know. This is a I, good I, conversation. I it think.
2: was a good conversation. It was just like, um, I do, uh, I was like, man, I'm, I am ready to talk about something a little bit more. Uh, it's, it's how happy. I, <laughs> like I feel
1: after, uh, anyway, I feel better now that we learned it's one of our more popular episodes. But after we talked about the, Uh, I Saw the Devil, I was like, I feel like I need a shower after talking about this movie for too long. It's just, like, too dark and fucked up to, like, really live in for our long, like, podcast. I
2: feel like I need to go sing, like, I feel like we need the three of us need to call our parents and hold hands and sing Kumbaya Mm. after watching this movie. Everybody get together. Uh,
1: But, uh, yeah. 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 Radio Flyer. Radio flyer. Well, Do you guys ever have a radio flyer? Quick side note.
2: Uh, my grandparents did in their
1: garage. I, I, yeah, I feel I like mine one. did too. Maybe I don't know.
2: Never, had, never one. had one myself. No.
1: Maybe
2: but popular, not. very popular toy of the time. Or we were
1: scooter generation, or at least like right in my wheelhouse when scooters were coming back. When I was like, it did. We two. had Razors. scooters. Yeah, seven Razors. or eight. Scooters. You ever take a scooter to the scooter to the ankle? It's just one of the, oh, the worst stuff. things imaginable. You yeah, got dents in the shins. Still,
0: yeah. I grew up Sick. when heelys became a big thing. I remember doing heelys a lot.
1: Those always just—I feel like they were just like I was. Definitely at the age where I could have purchased them, but they seemed a little too radical for me. So I don't know about those. They were. They
2: were never. I didn't like the way. Like you had so to I learned how to balance. I, yeah, well I almost. never had a pair my own of my own, but my friend did. Uh, Scotty, shout out Scotty! Um, but uh, when I tried them on, I was like, "This." I, it almost felt like you were walking in like high heels. It never was comfortable because, like, when you weren't healing, yeah, you're you still had the walking puck. at a, like a weird like. Yeah, you're walking on like a ball or like on a wheel, and it was. I, just, had, I, never, I remember.
1: Never like the way it felt. In high school, like senior year, I just did a big sizzle, uh, but in senior year, uh, kids would ironically have heelys and just. Actually, I don't even know if it was ironic. It seemed like a great way to travel the hallways. <laughs> it was. I mean, it, it was a good way to travel. Oh. All right, now that we've wrapped up our heely talk, what do was... right, you want to go to? The...
0: Random, which uh, the first bit of random is uh should be. It's it's it's, it's the over. sag. It's over. It's or over. at least, is it confirmed fully that it's over? Or
1: Yeah, they've reached Yeah, they, they've Well, reached they say tentative I, tentative, I guess, tentative. is the word yeah. they use, but I feel like that's a pretty positive uh, thing. The thing that I didn't research at all that I was talking to you guys about last night was I don't know how long their contracts typically are when they sign new deals, and this is only three years. And I was saying to Steve, I was like, I feel like if AI was one of the major sticking points that studios didn't want to budge on, it Would make sense if they're like, Well, we're not even like quite where we want to be with AI, anyways. Like, let's just give them what they want for at least three years and then we can reassess. Which doesn't make me feel great about that, or but that's the said, normal thing, like, it's every well, three years contract. I don't know, but uh, what
2: you said last night, whether or not you, um, you, I mean. I don't know if you knew you were making a lot of sense what you were saying, but I do agree with what you were saying last night. And you had the theory that uh, it is, it is literally just a, uh, you said, I, I feel like an actor maybe was like, well, why are we even like arguing about AI when, when this is not an issue so, yeah. yet? Like if we can and get them just to do a short
1: term compromise yeah, yes, we can get I, back to work and then figure this out later. But I feel like that's not a good thing. Like it's not
2: a good thing, but I do, I do, I'm feeling the same way you are, where I feel yeah. like that is more of a reality. That whatever settlement, it was a settlement. It, it, it was yeah, a settle. I'm, just,
1: I'm happy that it it sounds like they got their their demands met, and hopefully we can get back to work. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I um, think
0: we should at least by January. We've had.
2: Uh, we've had a lot of trailers drop in the last uh, week or so. I guess it's the last time we talked to you all, but like uh, you got the new planet of the apes trailer that dropped. Um, uh, Matt Reeves is, is no longer uh, directing though. Um,
1: Looks Matt Reevesy though. It, it does like look Matt Reevesy. They're, they're keeping his um,
0: vibe or style.
1: His or I don't know if he can even credit Matt Reeves. I, I know the styles between rise and dawn, uh, changed drastically but i don't know the look of the apes and everything wasn't matt reeves
2: uh we also uh we got a trailer and i think it's already been released because it got a rotten tomato score but um dream scenario starring nicholas cage a 24 flick looks super interesting i know we were all pumped about that one um but it seems to have gotten uh Good reviews reviews. 92% right now. I don't, this is a couple days ago, so it could have changed by now, but um, that was the initial response. Uh,
1: I'm all about high concept Nicolas Cage movies.
2: Oh, me too. Yeah.
1: Adaptation and unbearable weight of of massive talent are like some of my tops of high concept uh, movies.
2: There was also a trailer for a new Ryan Gosling flick. Which I'm kind of torn about, but it's uh, The, the uh, Fall Guy with Ryan Gosling and uh, Emily Blunt. Is that what the name of it is? Yep. Yeah, The Fall Guy. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited that we're... Not that the trailers are synonymous with the actor's The strike, Movies but, are uh, back, baby. The yeah, movies are back is
1: what um, I'm excited about. Yeah, I'm just excited to see all my favorite stars start promoting their stuff again.
2: It was also cool to note that um, Zach Efron and
1: learned it, on the red carpet. Learned on the
2: red carpet yeah. for The Iron Claw, which is a movie yeah. that I am personally very excited about. Um, the
1: video brought me so much joy. Just in general, to. yesterday, just all of he the. Learned? He he, he learned he, know, that the strike was ending on oh, the red carpet. Really? For, yeah, Yes, so he was on and, the and red carpet. It was a A twenty four movie. They're allowed to be doing press for it. Um, and
2: yeah, there's a video of it. Wow. And, like yeah. somebody, and it's like somebody it's comes him, up to him is like him Did you just telling,
1: your... no it's him telling another actor and he's like i just heard right, right now I just, and yeah, then I he's just... like they both just have this like you can see the relief and excitement on their face and i'm like hell yeah like because i don't know the industry feels that weight uh for sure also
2: i'm i'm a uh uh, I'm excited to see Zach Efron in drama. I feel like he's underutilized in dramatic roles. And I think he does have, uh, acting chops. Me too. Uh, I, I like, we know he can do comedy, but I think that he's underutilized in drama. And I think that, uh, I don't know, maybe into no fault of his own, he might get typecasted or whatever, Oof. but I like, cause this is kind of a, t- I mean, this movie's about a wrestler who's jacked. And was, you know, I mean, this is like Zac Efron had to do much work. He was already in uh, a physical Pretty specimen, good. but um,
1: they watch Jack, b-
2: but I like that. This is not a comedy. Uh, oh, the yeah. iron claws about the Von Erich family, uh, which I'm very familiar with. My brother and I grew up uh, wrestling fans, at least until I think I was like 10 or 11. I was a wrestling fan. And then uh, when I found out, it was scripted. I won't say fake because I, I it's not fake. It's, you know, they, what they do is very real. They put their bodies on the line, but it's predetermined. And when I did, when I found that out, I just lost. Talk about the loss of imagination. I couldn't watch it anymore without being like, oh, they already know who the winner is going to be. And it's like as a child, you don't think about that. Um, and then there's adults that go to wrestling that still, I, I admire those that can still, like I have a friend, Eric, Eric, shout out Eric. Uh, loves wrestling. I just can't get behind it knowing it's um, predetermined, but I'm excited for this movie. Um, Zac Efron, do, you do not movie? sleep on that.
0: There's man. a movie I'm excited for, and it does come out. I think it's already out now. But I'm excited to see it, at least in the upcoming weeks, because it's. it seems like it's going to be my Thanksgiving movie. And that's The Holdovers, with Paul Giamatti. Yeah, yeah Paul it Giamatti. Is, it is yeah. out
1: now. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go check that out tomorrow maybe um
0: it looks great I'm I definitely yeah. want to see it with my dad because I don't know if I've mentioned on the podcast
1: he my, looks like in, Giamatti he
0: looks like I feel like he looks like Giamatti I I'm mean, excited I wonder
1: that. if uh my dad knows about this movie because it's uh directed by Alexander Payne who directed Sideways uh oh, with Giamatti even um, better. and, I, I, and I like Alexander Payne quite a bit um I, I think downsizing is the only one that I like. Sort of Steve and I were talking about that. We're like, did we watch that movie with Zach? But we weren't watching it because I have a memory of watching it, but no memory of the movie.
0: I've never seen it. Um, downsizing. I've known yeah. that a lot of people don't like it, but
1: I want to give it like a solid shot sometime because I really do like Alexander Payne. Um, but uh, yeah, I make I'm very excited, and there's not enough like. I feel like a really uh like well-received critical auteur-driven Christmas movie. So that's like kind of a um excited. I, I read someone that someone's review that started of it's like a it's like a strong drink on a cold winter day. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but I'm in like, I man, feel like that I means like it's the, very
2: cozy. I like the sound of like, that. It's enticing. That's
1: a, I yeah. felt cozy, but I'm like, if I know Alexander Payne, it's gotta be a little uncomfortable too. Like, I don't well, know. Well, I feel
0: like it's going to be like, it's going to sit you down feeling really cozy, but yeah. then it's like, you know, it's, yeah, that might
1: be, you have a heavy up. dose of melancholy in yeah. it. Um, yeah.
2: I like that you, yeah, that word is, is because I can relate to you, Dave, and I don't know how you feel, Chase, but there is a certain level of, Dave said this one night on a porch talk, said, Rugrats. Uh, the, no, and I, I feel but, like this is worth mentioning, but you're like, yeah. I tried to rewatch the Rugrats one time, and I think it was when we were going to Full sale, and he's like, it just made me sad.
1: Yeah, um, I don't know what I, about it it was, but I, totally, I was struck with overwhelming sadness when I was, like, watching. I think I watched, like, three Rugrats episodes when uh, Paramount Plus first came out. Mm. And there's just something that I was just, like, I don't know. I think because it, it reminded me of, like, like, that Rugrats was, like, a really well-done show of a child's perspective of, like, how... You don't understand anything that's going on in the adult world and like I don't know. There's something and there's about- some
2: dark stuff in that show. Yeah, Chucky's
1: mom died and like just- everyone sounds kinda of sad in it too. Like Tommy <laughs> always sounds like he's like kinda of cried. All the time. Yeah, but I don't know. That's enough of No, no,
2: no. I I just wanted to yeah, to to reiterate that I, I too get uh the synonymous feeling of nostalgia and
1: melancholia. Um it's weird. But maybe it's just it's every just, Toy Story movie makes me sad whether or not it's a sad Toy Story movie. Like, you could argue yeah. one's not really has like not too. There is like the great, the great Buzz Lightyear scene where he realizes that he's nothing. And,
0: uh,
1: yeah, that's, that's, that's like the, uh, the, uh, what's the song in the second one?
0: What the, it's, when she leaves Jesse
1: behind. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's like that, that, that song in the second acid. one and the buzz in yeah. the
1: first one. But nope. yeah, those movies make me incredibly sad, too. I, I really can't put my finger on it other than like you also just again.
2: I don't know if you just you, you have this in your notes, but you just again made a comparison to Radio Tom Fire. Of, no, it's a it's a moment in a movie where a character believes they can do something and yes. their imagination fails them. Yeah, where he's like, I can do this. It can't be true, I could fly if I wanted to. You know, the whole
1: yeah. like, the song tells the story, but uh, God. But he does, yeah, it's that uh, in a Radio Fire-esque way, fly at the end of that movie. He does. But <laughs> Tom Hanks ends up growing up and telling everyone about Buzz <laughs> and how he's flying around the world.
2: <laughs> he's a
0: real <laughs> yeah, He's insert. saving people on Mars. Yeah. He so, gets yeah.
1: postcards from Buzz. Yeah.
2: But uh, do we want to get into what we've been watching? Maybe one or two recos from everyone?
0: Yeah, I don't yeah. have many. Um,
2: yes, you
1: do.
0: There's a few. There's. Hey, calm down. You don't know what I might choose You don't, what I might the, not. What?
1: You have a ton, Jason. No, I Yeah, uh, I don't
0: know. Wh- what do you we watch? haven't
1: watched anything together, actually, since. No, that's show. not
0: true. There is a few things we've watched. What? At least Steve and uh, I, I. I know that you've watched a few with us. I don't
1: so like, think we've watched a movie since Monster Squad.
2: We watched Copland
1: last night. Steve and I watched Copland. <laughs> but even the, I think that's the only movie you yeah, and I, I watched since yeah, I think that Monster is, Squad. That is I guess true. We've been lo- we have watched Hell House Hellhouse. I was
0: about to say Hell House was going to be yes, the one I was going to choose. Um, so we saw the Hell House 4. Uh, and I don't know if you guys have been listening to our podcast well enough to know. We've seen all three Hell Houses like a couple years ago and it's become one of my favorite things to watch on Halloween is a hell house the first one is good the other two are not great but the fourth one was good I I thoroughly enjoyed the fourth one I think the Um, fourth one actually helps the first one a little bit too because it's like kind of an origin story
1: definitely the strongest in the series for sure or the st- strongest or, sequel, I yes. guess, because I, I think I like the first one more still. But I liked, I liked how they kind of uh, they pulled the old, let's get back to our roots thing. Yes. Like, you know, we've got a little too crazy in 2 and 3. Let's go back to Simplicity.
0: And I think that's the only one I'm going to mention. The only other one I was going to say is Titane. Which was that weird? Um, I, we
1: that was, was that before? I, I'm, yeah, I mentioned it last week.
0: Okay, I couldn't remember whether or not that was before oh, well, or after, because my is kind of all over the place.
1: Since
2: you you won't suggest it, I will. Well,
0: I know you were uh, gonna say it anyways. Were you gonna? Say I'm gonna.
2: It? I am mean, you're all. I mean, I feel like uh, the the two both of you are forgetting that we all watched Casino. Uh, um uh, and that yeah, movie yeah. was yeah. incredible. I've never seen it. Chase has never se- seen I've parts seen of it. Parts of it. But not um so ones. uh but yeah, I'm on a Scorsese run right we now. We watched it
1: on the, the home theater.
2: Yeah, and that was um I don't know if I said this out loud yet, but I will now. Um <laughs> uh I have a Martin Scorsese like I have a running rankings, uh Dave does a little different I for me it's like it's hard for me to take all 30 movies from a director and then rank them by like memory. So I kind of like rank them as I go, but
1: I let the stars do it for me. Yeah. Yeah. See. Which is just
2: which is also smart. Uh, but I even don't then, think
1: it's like if I have five, three star movies, I have to differentiate those.
2: What I was going to say is I don't think my top five Martin Scorsese's are going to change because what I have in my top five right now is the departed, the Wolf of wall street, taxi driver, Goodfellas, casino. And I don't think anything I have left uh, I have to watch two Big or Aviator and um uh Gangs in New York. But uh Aviator right now Aviator my top might
1: four be. Scorsese. Okay,
2: yeah. And I know they both so that's maybe uh those will croc- crack them, But um when I look at my top five Scorseses right now out of the fourteen movies of his I've seen, um, they're five of my like favorite films now. Uh Casino Blew Me Away. Uh obviously I already knew about its reputation. Um, but yeah, I loved every second of that flick, um, and just such a powerhouse. Um, because I, I, I gave, it gave it, made me see uh, why Davis had such an appreciation for the gentleman, or from the gentleman, the the Irishman, and that that re, uh, reunion of Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro. Um, because I've seen you know Raging Bull, uh, but now Casino. Um, I love seeing. Pesci and De Niro together. Um, they're just so good together. Uh, my other recommendation, I only have one other one, uh, was going to be, uh, I watched uh, What's Up Danger? I watched Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, I'm late to the party, everybody, I know.
0: You watched it yes, um, or this morning, right?
2: I did. I started watching it last night with Dave, but I was just too, uh, I was too tired. I watched the first 45 minutes which I will say breeze by that movie breezes by for a two hour and 20 minute movie. Um, loved it. Great animation. Uh, it is so weird. I didn't understand this from just the people I have talked to all the friends I know that have seen it. Cause everyone's seen it, but me, but everyone I talked to said the same thing and I couldn't understand it. Cause I'm like, this movie has a higher rating on let as a 4.5 on letterbox. Um, Higher than the first one um, into the Spider Verse, but everyone I talked to had the same response. Uh, Did you like it? Ah, oh, was amazing. Like a great, uh, you know, it's not as good as the first. Um, there was something missing, or everyone had uh, had a butt, and I was like, "Well, what's this butt?" Like, I, I, this movie looks amazing. I've I've heard Too nothing but reviews. Felt they had it. a butt. Felt it. Felt it. Too um, many Spider Men. Felt it. Uh, I gave the first one five stars. This one's a four and a half for me. And I don't know if it also has to attribute to the fact that it's a one half story. It's like an inslit But do you have an
1: explanation a- for that? For what? For thinking one is better. Uh,
2: I I I think I like the complete story and I'm more invested in the characters and the spider people than I yes. am okay. in this one. Yeah, and like not that I don't like spider punk and, I, and, and like the continuing brilliance of Gwen and and like I like the new the couple of new editions um you have the uh, I don't want to pronounce his name wrong uh, Pucha Puta Putaka uh the, the the um in the Indian Peter Parker uh I like these characters but uh I guess I was just more invested in the first story and this one just seems kind of
1: I think incomplete. it is you you're right it's easier incomplete. to hold on to uh, yeah and it's a but, full
2: it's a full story. I guess you can watch the the first one kind of as a one off. Like you don't.
1: Yeah. Like if there's They're not both a like, mostly tied in my head. I mean, they just have yeah. them both at four and a half. But uh,
2: but uh, yeah, I just I, I get it. I get it. I get all my friends saying that they they liked the first one. You know, a little bit more because I'm on the same boat. Uh, but I'm very excited for Beyond. Like, and this is obviously it was a fantastic movie. There's no hate on it. It was just in in, in comparison. I get it. I get it.
0: I just don't think it's not done yet. And I can't yeah. really like which is fully I just keep thinking what what, what Dave it said is until it's like, Dave yeah, said, yeah, everyone, what happens if
2: it sucks? What if beyond uh, the spider like I, I didn't not, say that I, I or was say Zach, it Zach? Zach said yeah. that. Zach's like what if no, all my, this hype my thing is like people
1: are like it, it ended halfway through I'm like so did Avengers Infinity War and everyone fucking loved that. Like uh and we were promised it next year, but now it's not the case. But uh Right. I
2: don't know. Yeah, I did. I did uh I didn't. Uh, I didn't mind the cliffhanger. I just thought the cliffhanger was far less severe than it was described to me. Yeah, I, people I were had, acting like, yeah, like people were acting like this like is like Sopranos. Was, finale yeah, dig like like I was expecting like by the but just by because I was I there's a miracle I didn't get any spoilers for this film. I avoided most spoilers um, and. All I kept hearing was, oh, my gosh, that cliffhanger. I was expecting every Spider-Man in the freaking multiverse to be dead except for Miles Morales, and then that's not the cliffhanger. It's – now that – I wasn't expecting exactly that, but that level of a threat. Like, I was like, oh, it's got to be something super serious. And I'm like, I mean, it's a good cliffhanger, but it's not, I think, what it was built up to me. It's not what was built up to me to be, I guess, or what I envisioned of more of a crisis. I'm like, it's – he will get it out of this. He'll be all right. <laughs> He'll be all right. He's got his, he's got his uh, troops coming. But uh, I don't know. What do you got, Dave?
1: Um, I got a couple. I just wanted to re, suggest killers of the flower mood again. Cause I went back for round two and uh, I, I just expressed to you guys while watching that movie. I just feel lucky to be alive during a time where one of the greatest filmmakers of all times is still making Movies with one of my favorite actors of all time. Two, two. Um, and uh, on the favorite director's notes, I've recently just finished uh watching all of Richard Linklater's movies. I didn't watch all of his movies recently, but I finished the ones I hadn't seen. And he's just a director that, like, I don't know. Dig into him. I really don't think there's a terrible one in the bunch. The lowest one I think maybe is like Bad News Bears, um, the remake. Uh, I don't think he was alive for the original. Uh, and then Apollo 10 and a, half, uh, a Space Age Childhood, is his most recent one uh, that came out onto Netflix with no fanfare at all. It was like a typical Netflix oh, we have an auteur doing a movie for us. Here you go. They didn't advertise it or do anything to make people watch it. Was it good? And and I'm a victim of, like, seeing it on Netflix, very well knowing he's one of my favorite directors, and then just chose not to watch it until, I think, a year later. This was last year. It's awesome, Yeah. Um, talk about having nostalgia for the sixties, even though I wasn't alive then, cause it's a movie that makes you feel like you have nostalgia for a time you weren't alive. Um, I feel like our parents, maybe like specifically my dad would really like that movie. Cause I think it's right in his wheelhouse of his childhood. Um, but it was a really clever movie, visually stunning. Um, it's his third rotoscope. Is that what it's called? Yes. Um, it's his third movie that he's done in that animation style. And, yeah, highly recommend it. Just sitting there on Netflix, not getting watched by anyone. Um, and then I've revisited every single Fincher film besides uh, besides Alien 3 because I just didn't feel like rewatching watching that. Um, and preparation for the movie that is now coming out in 27 minutes on Netflix, uh, The Killer, which I'm very excited about.
0: Oh, has that come out today? Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
1: Might have to watch. Yeah. Going downstairs to watch that bad boy. Um, but, yeah. That's about it for me.
0: Well, we have a podcast, but we also have an Instagram. You can check us out at Podcorn in a Movie. Um, next time you'll hear us talking about, is it yours, Dave?
1: I, yes. Fly Away Home.
0: Fly away I think
1: I'll, I'll firmly stand by that. But if you return to us next week and all of a sudden it says contact and you're like, I don't remember Jodie Foster and fly away home. It's because I randomly chose contact instead, <laughs> but uh, we'll see.
2: I'm for either one. Uh, yeah. both, both I've not seen both either fit, of those. So both fit into the category of, I haven't seen them since I was a child. So it's oh, yeah.
1: pretty, okay. either way. It's, we're staying in the fly zone.
2: Yeah, flies. Stay the
1: flies are. Uh, yeah, I noticed
2: that too. Um, but yeah, I guess thank you for listening, y'all. Uh, yeah,
0: always thank you
2: on this very uh special episode.
1: It's <laughs> very, this very dark and- oh, for a special episode. <laughs> yeah. Be uh, sure to talk to your kids about it afterwards.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, guys.